Hey yo, welcome to another edition of 43.6, the sports podcast you always wanted. I'm Dustin Perry and I'm joined by James Key. Hello, James. Bienvenue. It's like he forgot where his mute button was. And Maddie Key. Hello, Maddie. Yo. We got a packed show for you this episode. I was going to say this evening, but I mean, it could be morning by the time you're listening to this. We have a packed episode for you. Um, episode 34 of 43.6 brought to you, of course, by Now Your Treasures. We will talk a bit more about them later. But on this show, we are going to talk about Major League Baseball free agency, the Toronto Blue Jays, the World Cup, the moving and shaking of all these players in the world of football, Mitch Marner, Bo Horvat, NFL Week 14 recap. We're going to give you our picks for NFL Week 15. I can't believe it's Week 15 already. And if we have time, we'll see if how things go. Uh, we are going to talk about as well the video game awards that wrapped up this past week, and an interesting thing about the PWI Top 100 Tag Teams. I think it's worth a a very quick conversation of how we feel about that. All that and a whole lot more coming up, of course, on episode 34 of 43.6. But before we get to all that, we do want to talk about our week. In this case, our past two weeks because we've had a. Uh, a number of things preventing us from recording last week. I think Bell uh, and Rogers. But you nevertheless, we There's are no back. Point. There's no point in us even. You just talk. You just go. You tell yeah. your story, and we'll sit back and we'll listen because we haven't. We you said you were sick. You go. You've moved in. Your brand. I see you have a brand new background house. Little Eric Cartman action up there. So why don't you tell us? You give us the lowdown. So okay. It, this is an incredibly long story. So I'm going to try to like streamline this as much as possible. I moved into this new place on December 1st. Back in October. Because <laughs> I didn't want any interruptions. In October, I contacted Bell. And I said, hey, this is where I'm going. This is the new address. This is the postal code. Signed up for internet service and all that bullshit. And... Just that alone, there was already issues. Like, they just weren't capable of shipping it to my old address and having me pick it up and move it to my new address because I said, like, I don't want you shipping it to the new address because I'm, I'm not going to necessarily be there until December the 1st, and they can't guarantee when it's going to arrive. So I'm like, just ship it to my old address. So they did, and that was a whole, like, another mess in itself. And I think I actually talked about it on this show. Yeah. Of the mess of like getting this equipment. But I got the equipment. I brought it with me on moving day. I went to set it up. However, there's a technician appointment. I think I mentioned this on the show as well, that there was a technician that was supposed to come out. And he came out like November 19th. I'm like, no, I don't live there yet. Go away. Rescheduled it to December 2nd. So I moved in on the 1st. On the 2nd, I plugged in the... Uh, the router into the fiber optic uh, it, like thing on the wall and nothing happens. Still not connected. So I'm looking at it like, what the fuck? So I, I ripped the receptacle off the wall <laughs> to see where this fiber optic, like, like I'm plugging into the fiber optic receptacle. And like, so I ripped the thing off to see where it goes. There's nothing back there. It's literally a piece of plastic that I just plugged it into. So I'm like, okay, fine, May whatever. Point the bell out, guy's though, coming. Before you continue, my brother warned you about that exact thing. He did. 
I, I do remember this. I recall this conversation. Anyway, we'll continue. Continue. So I'm like, you know what? No big deal. The bell guy is coming on December 2nd. Like, like at, the, at this point, it would have been the next day, which would have been a Friday. I'll just let him deal with it because he's showing up to do whatever the fuck else he needs to do. I'm sure. I mean, he's a, the bell technician. He should be able to understand what's happening here. So Mr. Uh, bell technician comes in and he starts setting stuff up and he's on the phone with some like person with bell and he can't figure out what the fuck to do essentially. So he tells me that, okay, I can't do it. We need another technician to come out to do this. And they will call you today to set up another appointment over the weekend or, you know, worst case scenario Monday. And I'm like, okay. Most of that day goes by on the Friday until I pick up the phone and I call Bell. Because I'm like, no one's called me and I need, another, like, I need another appointment, supposedly. And they offered me, like, the Tuesday. And I said, no. My service is supposed to be hooked up today. It is not, like, I can, I'm not waiting until Tuesday. Like, I work from home. Like, this, this is nonsense. I need internet. So I'm like, let me, just, let me just talk to the supervisor, okay? Like, maybe this fucking guy can help me. So this guy's like, yeah, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put it through. Like, so he gave me like uh, 50 gigs or something on my cell phone to like hold me over if I want to tether things for the, you know, hmm. however long it takes until someone finally makes their way out here. And he said, um, so Tuesday looks like the earliest, but what, what we'll do, we'll make it an executive request. So uh, maybe they'll be able to get to you sooner because it's an executive request now. <laughs> or the fuck that means. Saturday goes by, no one, no one calls. Sunday goes by, no one calls. On Monday morning, I call them back now. I'm like, can someone give me an appointment with a technician to come out here and set up this fucking internet? They gave me Wednesday. I said, if Wednesday from 8 to 12, you will have the, the belt technician there. Which is now later than the fucking Tuesday that I didn't want. That you know had an executive account or whatever the whatever the hell they did. So I'm like, fine. Wednesday, whatever. So they were supposed to be here Wednesday from eight to twelve. Around eleven thirty, no one had showed up yet. So I called Bell, and like, I, it's just a matter. The issue of calling Bell too is also the problem where it's like you call and then you get the fucking like enter your phone number, enter your pin, and then connect to this person. And you have to connect to someone and explain the whole fucking situation to them over again because they can't just read the notes of your file because that's just like, you know, lunacy, right? And then they transfer you to someone else and they transfer you to someone else. And by the time you finally get to someone who knows what they're talking about, the fucking guy either hung up on me or the call disconnected. So I have to call back again. And then this clown, I'm telling him, can you just transfer me to like wherever it needs to, it needs to go? Because like every time I call, I get transferred twice. Can you just transfer me to, like now, right? He's like, oh, no, I can help you. I'm like, fuck. No, you can't. But okay. Well, Tony, I'll, I'll play Tony Tryhard wants to help. I'll play this game with you. And he's asking me for like numbers on the, on the modem. I'm like, brother, it's not plugged in. Like, it's literally not plugged in. You can't do anything on your end. I need a technician out here. <laughs> Could you imagine? He's just like, well, there's your problem. It's not plugged in. He's like, I fucking know. <laughs> He's like, it's not plugged in. <laughs> why are you calling them? Plug it in. Yeah, why are you calling me? 
You need a technician. <laughs> so, this is the Wednesday now. And, like, keep in mind, someone was supposed to be there today, like, on that day. And no one showed up. So, I finally get this guy to give... No, not even. Not even. This guy now says, after, like, this long conversation of me explaining what's happened over the past week at this point. Been a week without service. After this entire conversation, being on hold, he comes back. He's like, hello, Mr. Dustin. All right. Um, this is what was going to happen. Someone's going to have to call you to set up an appointment. Like, no. No one's <laughs> called me. No one's going to call me. You fucks. I have been waiting for you assholes to call me and set up bullshit since Friday of last week. And the reason I'm calling you right now is because you motherfuckers at Bell have not called me yet to set up an appointment for me. The worst part is every time I walk out the door, the bell I see at least three fucking Bell trucks on the street. There is Bell motherfuckers walking in and out of this building every day. No asshole could come up to my unit and just do whatever the fuck they need to do. Like, it's, it's unbelievable how horrendous Bell is. It is the worst service I have ever been given for anything. It, I, I was blown away. I was flabbergasted of, like, how bad this was. So, in the lobby of the building, when you walk in, there's, like, two posters there. One for Bell and one for Rogers. And there's, like, a sales associate for Rogers' phone number or whatever. So I, I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to call Rogers. Guitar lessons. Ooh. <laughs> right. New. Ooh. So I call Rogers and I say, how, how soon can you guys be here? And he's like, well, we're pretty backed up. Probably like Friday. This is Wednesday. I'm like, you know what? Sold. I called Bell again. And I'm like, just put me through whoever fucking cancels my service. And I was also very surprised that they didn't care like it, it wasn't like they're like oh no like how can we fix this issue or like uh you sure you want to switch to rogers it was okay your, your service is canceled thank you okay fuck you guys well, that's and they, rogers they showed up anything. on they don't have any money from you yet i i mean i guess rogers showed up on the friday and uh the dude set everything up and no one else so here's another thing i checked today because in the closet where like all the internet shit is, there's like and another thing. <laughs> there's a little like uh, I don't know, fucking door you pull open and all the utility shits there, all the cables and whatever fuck. And there's power there, so I was thinking I was gonna mount my vacuum cleaner in the closet and plug the power into there. So I was about to do that today, and I opened the thing up for the first time. I've never really looked in there since the bell guy came. I just let the Rogers guy do what the fuck he had to do. I open it up to like plug in the vacuum and there's two things plugged in there and one's the router and the other is like some fiber optic bullshit. Rogers is using the fiber optic too. They use the exact same fiber optic fucking cable that Bell couldn't figure out how to use. The technician just like, oh yeah, I'll grab this. Like he just did it. One technician. I didn't need some other asshole to come in here that I had to wait over a week for someone to call me and figure this shit out. Did you also get Ignite TV? I did get a Nike TV. 
Is it as fantastic as they try to make it look on TV? No, it's a, it's TV. It's actually bullshit because it's all over your internet, right? So it, it buffers and does all the shit you don't want it to do. TV used to be so much better, but you want to know something? In any my, event, I am my, now my happily a Rogers customer. My and... Bell TV is over the internet and does not buffer. Just yeah, my Bell TV is is through <clears throat> either Wi-Fi, but I have it direct wired now, and yeah, there's no buffering. There's no Bruce buffering. So that is why there's no podcast last week because <laughs> I was unable to get any moron from Bell to come out and set things up. I had to also like send Bell a message today. Go fuck yourself with a message. I I sent them a nice little message saying, "Hey, um, I had to cancel my service because you guys couldn't figure out how to uh, get a technician to my home. Um, do you guys want this equipment back, or can I just throw in the fucking garbage?" <laughs> no, dude, they send had... it back. Send it back. Trust me. Yeah, I got. I got well, I mean, like, on my bill. I mean, uh, no, okay, I, so I this forgot. happened on. When did I get internet? It would have been the Friday. So it's it's now Monday. It's been one, like four days. Since no, not even four days. Since I canceled on Wednesday. So I have had. It's been almost a week that I have had this equipment in the closet. No, no. Oh, I, to... oh, I know. I'm just saying. I've had it for a week. And they have yet to yep. send me an email they saying, they here's your return label. <laughs> I, when I go to my Bell app, it still, shows my, it still shows my order number and like, oh, it's in progress. It's not no. in progress. You, it's know what hap- you know what happens? They, they'll just, in about three or four weeks, it just shows up on your bill as unreturned equipment, which is what happened to me. And then I called them and I said, listen, I didn't know there was a return label in the box and I fucking threw it out. <clears throat> I'm like... And they were like, oh, well, then you need to call us. I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to know that? They charged me $400 on my bill for unreturned equipment. Okay. So, well, I didn't. I said, send me another return label. So they emailed me a return label and I took it over to Staples. So I'm just saying, call them, get them well, to send you the return label. Before he does that, he's like, hey, what are you doing now? I'm like, I don't know, I'm just hanging out. He's like, do you want to do some run around? I also have to return my bell thing to a store. And I was like, they won't take it out of store. You got to ship it back in the box. He's like, no, it's fine. There's a bell store in the mall. Go to the bell store. What does the guy say? Yo, we don't take that here. You got to send it in the box. That which, came with. which Rogers does though. Rogers will take the equipment back in the store. I know that. But I'm saying, because like I asked the very same question when I was upgrading my bell modem. I will say though, like that was a problem when I moved here was it was a gong show. I had three texts out in a week. Granted, like I told them and I'm just like, I, I laid into the dude on the phone. I was like, are you going to pay for my fucking time off from work? Are you going to cover my time that I have to take? Where am I getting that? He's like, well, I can give you 50. I'm like, I'm not a customer with you for your fucking phone. So no, who's, who's cutting me a check? What, um, <laughs> did you move your phone over? Or did you keep it with bell? My cell phone is still with bell currently. Are you going to move it for the discount? I don't know. We'll see. You should just send, like, if, if, it, if you have, like, a Bell Tech mobile number, just send, like, a really close-up nut shot pick or some shit. <laughs> like, super close, where it's like, you do, can't really tell, the but chat, you have a feeling. Do the chat help? And they're like, can you, so can I send you a picture of my problem? And it's just, <laughs> just the bat. <laughs> some guy's like, enhance. Enhance. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh that sucks you it, it sucks too because especially with all the shit that went on with rogers like a few months ago 
you realize and when we all have problems inevitably with the internet whether it goes down you realize how much we rely on it now and like how much of a dude where it used to be like a luxury item now it's a life necessity it, it doesn't even suck for that it sucks that it's 2020 fucking two almost 2023 and they can't figure out how to install it like to me yeah, that's that's the issue like <laughs> like who are you hiring that doesn't know how to do this job well, like when I, you get hired like there's a fundamental knowledge base before they make like either you know how to do it and you do the job or they train you and then you know how to do it and then you do the job it seems like these guys didn't have that right so on new installations i i can actually say this from experience because i had it done at the old condo and now the house the new installations are all trainees or people that are like brand new and then if there's a problem they get like a senior tech out so like i had a trainee and then like a mid-level guy that's been around for a couple of years. And then for the third guy that had to come out, this guy's like, that was telling me, he's like, oh yeah, here's your problem. And I was like, why didn't they? He's like, well, he's like, this isn't something they really notice or pay attention to. He's like, I've been with Bell for 10 years. He's like, I've seen four different, like, or like 15 years. He's like, I've seen four different internet services come through from like the original dial-up to DSL to like whatever they had to Fibe. And so he's like, yeah, this is your problem. He's like, I've just connected it. And he's like, I screwed it in. So he's like, this will not come out unless someone actively unscrews your internet line. Anywho. So that's, well, you got here. a trainee, Dustin. You got like five trainees. You got a phone trainee. You got a brand new supervisor who's never supervised before. And then you got a trainee tech. <laughs> you got you the NXT of Bell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you know what? New, new thing. And I say this with all due respect, Dustin, because like I really like you. You're a good dude. I respect you. Scream racism. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that works when every technician comes out as a brown dude. So, <laughs> yeah, but like your family, like or you said, your dad's from England, right? Be like, you don't like English people. <laughs> there you go. Problem solved. All right. Yeah, well, I'll keep that in mind. Try, um, try it next time. Why? Well, well, I think you're a racist. <laughs> so that's my my internet story. Fortunately, I have internet now, and we can actually record this show. And also, um, I guess along the lines of catching up on things that you've missed, I did see a movie last night. Oh, and it was the men. It was the menu, and it was really good. Well, let me rephrase. It was good. <laughs> I think it it kind of fell apart at the end, but it was very enjoyable until like the last five or ten minutes. So that's one of those movies where like we saw the trailer. My wife turns to me before she even gets a word out of her mouth. I was like, "No, go ahead." <laughs> like I have no desire to see that movie because there's some movies where it's like. Yeah, like even if it's not necessarily the typical fare that I usually partake in my viewing experiences, I'll still want to watch it. But that was one I was like, I don't fucking care. Like, great cast, don't care. I'm really excited for the Knives Out sequel, though. Is that called Knives Out 2? It's like Knives Out something, something. Glass Glass onion, onion. a Knives Out mystery. Yeah, and it's got Dave Bautista, it's got Jessica Henn. Henwick, it's got Daniel Craig, it's got lots of people. I'm excited for it. There's that, and there's also Babylon that's coming soon. That looks which, really cool. Which I have no idea what the fuck that movie's supposed to be about. No one does. 
Is it is it Darren Aronofsky? Mm, no. Someone someone big's directing that, and I just it's Damien Chazelle. Yes, that fucking guy, man. He's always does these weird fucking things, man. But I, I think well, I think the reason why most people are talking about it is because it's is Brad Pitt and it's Margot Robbie. Um, Margot Robbie, right? So that's. I think the selling point for most people, it'll be one of those ones where like, I won't hunt it down, but when it comes up to torrent, I'll, I'll watch it. But That's what about, I mean. what about avatar? I know Jim's got no desire to see that movie. Oh man. Okay. So I've been telling myself to rewatch avatar one this week. Me, I don't think I'm going to have time. I probably will go to see new avatar over my Christmas break. Me too. Yo, date night. I mean, are you going to go see in IMAX 3D? So here's the thing. Uh-huh. It's not in regular IMAX. It's only IMAX 3D. Yeah. If you want to see it in IMAX. Yeah. So unfortunately, yes, I'm not a fan of the 3D. I'm not a fan of the, the trade D, but I will go see the 3D. I, I agree. I hate 3D movies. I, I despise 3D movies. I would go as far as saying despise. But for Avatar, I think it's necessary. Like, I I don't... I'm willing to forego my 3D hatred if the movie is specifically directed and produced to be in 3D. Like, this is how the movie is intended to be seen in 3D IMAX. But the issue is... Sold out everywhere on every night for, like, the first week and a half. Oh, I didn't think that was going to be an issue, but... okay, That's that's an issue. (laughs) I've looked. (laughs) Okay, well, the other issue... Um... It's three fucking hours. Yeah. Have you seen the runtime for this fucking movie? Yeah, it's like 256. Isn't it? Uh, I mean, I can't do the math in my head that quickly, but it's three hours, 12 minutes. Fuck, man. Like, I can't take a pregnant wife to that movie. No, we can't. She'll piss every five minutes. And like yeah. the way of water is going to be the story of her pissing every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> the way of broken waters, but that's yeah, exactly. But yeah, Jim's got zero desire. He hated the first one. I didn't like the first one either. I did just for the visual spectacle, but the well, story was like, whatever. Exactly. And that's the only reason I want to see this movie is the visual spectacle of it. Remember, I don't. I'll, I'll just go to fucking Ripley's Aquarium. I don't need this fucking shit. I'll just go, <laughs> like, pretty close. Whatever. I'll do a couple laps around that. Less than three hours. Let's go. It's actually a very good point. I'll drop a fucking cat in the tank. Same shit. (laughs) Drop some dude in the the shark tank. There. Way of water. I just saw the movie. Avatar. There you go. Is there going to be intermission? I hope there's intermission in this movie. Could you imagine in 2023 or 2022, we have intermissions in a movie? Dude, you up the let's go to the lobby and the fucking dancing food. Yo, the dancing glossettes. That would get me to buy glass hats. Anyway, fuck James Cameron. What, man. Fuck this guy. Let's go. <laughs> I, I get annoyed when we're, I, we're doing a wrestling event and it's over like a certain amount of time. And if I was at a wrestling event and it was three and a half hours, I'd be like, no, fuck this. If James this Cameron produced a wrestling event, I wouldn't go. Yeah, it's essentially a Tony Khan show is what it is. I don't, I don't like, you know, my problem with James Cameron is he, like, he criticizes the shit that got him where he is and that drives me nuts. And I can't support him. Like, yeah, I made the fair. fucking biggest action movie of all time, or one of the best in T2, and then criticizes fucking, get the fuck out of here. No. 
I just I hate all this criticism for like all the Marvel movies now, like Man, where yeah. like guys like Scorsese, Tarantino, and it's like motherfucker, these guys are like they don't all have to be what you think a movie has to be. Like it could anybody can enjoy whatever they just want to enjoy, and if that's what people enjoy, you're just salty that that's what people want and not whatever thing. seven in a snowy Dude, the motel guy is. fucking re-released him his movie to take back the number one spot like okay man whatever you scuba dive good for you i don't give a shit like yeah, you fucking moron yeah that's pretty gully yeah don't worry wait till wait till they release like avengers with three extra minutes <laughs> i'll go you know? yeah right i'll go just i'll go twice just to fuck james cameron over i'll buy a ticket and not even show up i don't give a shit a part of me wants like avatar 4 to have like a total bomb at the box office, you know, like not three. It grosses, grosses like five hundred million. No, I think it's going to take time. Like everyone's going to go see Avatar two, and it'll be mm, we'll see, right? I think Avatar two might be good. Uh, I th- the runtime's going to hurt it though, but Avatar three it might be like okay, we're getting bored of this, and by Avatar four it's like okay, fuck this movie, and then no one goes to see it. Wouldn't it be awesome? And- if- Avatar 3 is just like an hour and 26 minutes. He's <laughs> just like complete swerve. <laughs> and then Avatar 5 is like direct HBO Max. Like no one's going to go. They're not even going to have a theatrical release for it. Well, it'd be Disney not Plus. Even, yeah, Disney Plus or Crave. No, it's Disney Plus. It's a Fox movie. Speaking of Disney Plus, I watched Robin Hood Men in Tights the other night and I was messaging Jim of like scenes of the movie the whole time. Because there's just moments that, like, I know are coming, but I'm pre-laughing because I know it's about to happen. Like, the scene where he hits him with the metal gauntlet to respond to the duel is one of my favorite moments in movie history. Because <laughs> the look of sheer terror on the Sheriff of Rodian's face when he picks up the gauntlet. It's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. That's good times. But, yeah. See, put you- that back in theaters. I'll go. Oh yeah, you put that in theaters or any what any else? Mel Brooks, any Mel Brooks, and they just have a Mel Brooksathon or basketball. Put basketball back in theaters. I'm there. Yeah. Fuck this Return Avatar. Put the good movies back there. Encino Man. Put Encino Man back in theaters. Yeah, with a resurgence of Brendan Fraser, hundred percent. Probably sure the weasel. <laughs> a movie. Th- a movie they should put back in theaters is Moneyball. Because that's just one of my favorite uh, movies, and also it has a great <laughs> insight into the world of baseball. Um, He's and- dead. <laughs> Your segues have killed him. <laughs> and there's a lot going on in uh, the world of baseball, and specifically in the world of free agency. And we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week because obviously we had the internet apocalypse of 2022, mm-hmm. where Bell could lick my nuts. There was a lot. There was Justin Verlander who signed for $43 million. <laughs> he's so <laughs> it's, old. It's almost like he's getting paid a, a million dollars for every year he's been on the earth. But to the Mets. Why? Yo, he just the, Mets are, the Mets are loading up though, no? But no, no. The the Astros were loaded up. They like they were the champions and then they got a Brayu. Why are you leaving? <laughs> why because yo because i guarantee you kate hudson's like look i put my time in houston i want to go to new york he's like yes ma'am maybe that's possible well, he's going because they're offering him 43 million dollars to go there right that's and kate upton yo if kate upton tells you to do something you do it 
And of course, they had the room when DeGrom signed elsewhere as well. DeGrom now in Texas, and he got, what was it, $37 million for DeGrom. <laughs> if you're DeGrom, so, what, why Texas? Like, it's I mean, not even like the Rangers are going to be good. Texas made a splash last year too, right? When they went out and got Seager and Simeon, um, Semyon as well, right? So sometimes but, it takes. But a now they're paying years to, now they're paying three guys that are like over thirty six, like four year contracts, and like like they're paying these dudes into their forties, right? Like if they if the Rangers aren't good next year, it's fucked because those contracts just get worse as time goes on. You have the first year and maybe the second. Other than that. DeGrom is currently 35 and he signed a five-year deal. So yeah, he would right. be 40 in the last year of his deal. I'm saying. Like, don't get me wrong. DeGrom's probably got two solid years of being an upper echelon pitcher. But Dude, if that, because he had to come back to form after being injured. I don't. Right. Like, I just don't, I don't see why the Rangers do that instead of trying to pick up somebody else that might be a little younger or granted, or like with baseball free agencies like this, like, Guys aren't young in baseball free agency. Yeah. Yeah. You have to have so much major league baseball service time. And by the time you're even allowed mm-hmm. to start collecting service time, you're already in your you know mid twenties. So yeah, you're like 28. Yeah. yeah. By the time most guys make it to free agency, they're in their early thirties at best. Right. Yeah. Aaron judge stays with the Yankees. And then that's the big one. Yeah. Aaron judge. $360 million contract for nine years. Dude, he makes $40 million. A, he makes a million dollars a week, like in terms of like work. Like if you think about it, $40 million a year, there's 52 weeks in a year. There's probably 12 weeks that you don't do or play baseball. So he makes a million dollars a week. Yo, was that just the biggest cock tease that Judge was doing to other teams? Like, or do you think other teams are like, look, we know you're going back to New York. Here's a deal we'll offer you. If you take it, cool. If not, whatever. I think the Giants offered him that same contract, ten million less. I think they offered him three fifty, and the Yankees said three sixty, and then the Giants balked. That's my guess. Because I, I was, the, I was almost certain he was going to the Giants. And if he went to the Giants, I was going to say, how many? And this is a good question. How oh, I many, you were going to say I'm going to buy the bootleg Giants jersey. Judge, I'm, I'm buying bootleg Giants Judge jersey. Um, how many Yankees? And this is why I wasn't surprised he didn't leave. How many big stars either go to the Yankees then leave? I can't think of any. Yeah, it's a good point. Usually, yeah. like the Yankees have done a good job of always keeping their stars, but even the guys that they do bring in, they stay. They usually, like, yeah, they stay. Like A Rod stayed, right? Mm-hmm. Like Jeter came through the system, stayed. Sabathia stayed. Like, well, yeah, well, like, I also Clemens, think too. Clemens left to the Astros. No. Yeah, that yeah. was the first name I was thinking was Roger Clemens. But you know what, kind of... the, the, the thing is, those judge leaves, they're fucked because Stan's not playing more than 80 games. And that's no, they have, they have a They have a really, really good farm system. Um, and I know picks and farms are, are just hopes and wishes, but the Yankees actually have a pretty good farm system. But yeah, I, I I'm I would have been surprised if he had left cuz I like I just they generally just don't leave. Um the Yankees. So, they get dealt away. Um but like the big 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 names generally don't leave, so. And then everyone was scared. 
sorry? I was going to say, do you think Judge sees the end of it, uh, this contract in a Yankees uniform? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah. yeah you don't think don't... they deal him or... No. It's only six years. He's what, 28? Nine years, isn't it? <laughs> oh, is it nine yeah. years? It is nine years. So what, are you, 28? He, Aaron Judge is 31. Oh, really? What the fuck is people ending these contracts at 40? That's like the baseball lifespan. Right? Where like hockey, it's like 33, 34. Unless you're Football, in the check. Like... And then it's 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but uh, and then I guess everyone was afraid the Blue Jays were doing nothing. Well, they were uh, up until today when the Blue Jays did acquire a pitcher, something they, they have uh, badly been needing this offseason. If you look at the Blue Jays, like wish list this offseason, I think the starting pitcher was at the very top of that list. And Chris Bassett was the guy that they have reached for. Um, it's a it's a three year deal. Twenty one million dollars a year. It's it's funny to me when you look at the Blue Jays payroll and you know, over the past few years, they've added free agents. You know, they got George Springer, you know, $24 million a year. Hyunjin Ryu was paid $20 million a year. And now this year with Bassett getting paid $21 million a year. But the, and so, and, and yeah, I mean, Brias was a trade. But it was, it was but Gossman was the other one. Gossman was $21 million a year and uh, another free agent acquisition. So they, they've been spending and they're collecting these pieces one by one year over year. But that seems to be like the ceiling for the Toronto Blue Jays is like a, a 20 to $25 million player. Unless you're Vlad. Well, we'll see. And that's the kind of where I'm going with this. We'll see what the, the price ends up being for Vlad and Bo when they have to make those decisions. Uh, I mean, Vlad still is arbitration eligible uh, next year. So it might be some time before we see those deals. Now, they may avoid arbitration altogether and sign him long term sooner than later, but they don't have to sign Bo and Vlad until 2026 if they don't want to. They could continue to do the arbitration route, uh, which is usually never a good thing. I think most teams like to avoid arbitration altogether, but all these major guys who are signing these deals are looking at $36 million contracts, $40 million contracts, $43 million contracts. It's literally like twice the amount of money the Blue Jays are comfortable spending. So the, the Blue Jays are allegedly contenders but do you see them in the conversation of the new york yankees when the yankees are throwing around 43 million dollars i mean you hope so you think with the youth and the talent they have yes because you know clearly it hasn't worked for the yankees they haven't won in how long and they've done this year after year after year after year and then you have a team like the astros who are kind of the model of what the jays are trying to do where they accent their youth with their free agents that aren't necessarily massive guys. So I would say the Jays path is probably a little bit more reliable and bears more fruit. My only fear is, is are they getting what they need to get? Like Kiermaier, if he's replacing your Zimmer Tapia, then great. If he's replacing your Teoscar, that's a problem. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot to bring that up. Kevin Kiermaier did also sign with the Toronto Blue Jays and yeah, I think I I would agree. If he is the the versatile left-handed bat, he's got some plus speed as well. He's a good defender. He can steals cards. 
He does steal lineup cards, yeah. But you know what? It's a, it was a Blue Jays lineup card, so maybe that means he's prepared for this upcoming season. Maybe he saw it. He's like, yo, I want to go here. Look at <laughs> yep. this thing. Look at the preparation these guys have. I'll fit right in over here. Uh, we've seen Kevin Kiermaier make a number of really uh, incredible gold glove plays at the Rogers Center alone. I think he'll play very well here, at least defensively. <laughs> Offensively, I think Kiermaier is going to be no better than uh, Rymel Tapia was. And but, but I'm going to say, okay, what we say what the Jays are addressing their needs. Starting pitching, they went out and got a, a serviceable, probably high-end number three pitcher in the rotation yep. across the league. Right? I would agree. <clears throat> yep. what was I would say thing? there's teams in the league who would love to have Bassett as their ace. Yes. And the They're Jays definitely. are using him in their three spot. So the rotation yeah. is good. Obviously, I would love to, for them to bring back Stripling as well. Um, anyways, Chicken Strips as your five would have been awesome. Yeah, they still need a five. Because right now their five is Heisenberg or Kikuchi. And neither of those are good options, right? So we'll I'm, still not, I'm still not entirely convinced Kikuchi can't turn it around. And I think they have a lot of invested in him that they'll invest in turning him around. But... Um, so we say starting pitching's there. What was the other thing we, on the, even on this podcast we've said they've always needed in order left to turn shit around? Or bullpen, uh, a veteran, a veteran left bat DH, or yeah, you're talking a bullpen? No, the just the veteran yeah. presence to keep these guys honest. And I think is that, that Kiermaier though? I think so. I mean, the guy's had success. He's won. I mean, he hasn't won a World Series, but he's gone to one, which is better than most of the guys in no. this roster. Didn't, didn't the Rays win the World Series? No, they lost. Oh, yeah, they lost in... Yeah. To the Dodgers. Um, But he's been to one. He knows what it takes. He also has been to one on a highly defensive uh, a team that you, you know... He, so he understands to win with what you have and, and grind it out. So I think, you know... And, and I don't... Dude, he's he's probably a hundred times better defender than Teoscar is. So, I mean, you well, have to think about yeah. what you gain in moving Springer to right, potentially putting him in center. Uh, you you gain some some range that way, um, and you probably protect Springer's health, which probably adds him into the lineup in more games. So, I think it's it's a little bit of addition by subtraction, um, in a way. Like, listen, the Jays don't need help scoring runs from power like that's not what they need they need some more speed and made like again you said he has run speed Teoscar was the most laziest base runner i've ever seen in my entire life so i think you have more guys committed to running the bases with kiermeyer in the lineup i think they're just a more well-rounded team and i think that's what what we need um so i'm not opposed to it he's old as fuck um understood He's super sexy for all the ladies who want to go to the Jays games. We've already seen the Facebook hmm. comments of women going, ooh, I'm going to go to Jays games now. So <laughs> all the all the home sense, live, laugh, love moms will be at the Jays games this year on those hot summer days for old KK. So I'm not opposed to it. And he burned the Jays. You, you said it. He made a ton of great plays at the Rogers Center. He burned the Jays on so many occasions, even with the bat. So I'm not... You know, I'm not too concerned. I think he's going to be okay. And how many years did he sign for? Just one or two? I think it was just the one, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he's here. Like, he, I could be wrong on that. Let me look that up, but go on. 
regardless, I don't think he's not here to be a long-term solution. I think he's here to, to set an example. I think he's here to, to be a little bit of a locker room leader and I'm not opposed to that. So, but the one thing that literally cost this team wasn't anything like that in the postseason. It was the one glaring issue they still have not touched, which is that bullpen. No, they did sign a bullpen arm, or they traded for one. Right, yeah, they did. They acquired one with Tay Oscar, but yeah. yeah, they need more than that. That yeah, that's not enough. You know, like you can't have Jordan Romano coming in in the eighth inning all the time to do two innings because you have no faith in the rest of your guys in the pen. So it and depends I know on. Are like, what about Nate Pearson? At this point, to me, Nate Pearson's a bust. Yeah, I mean, who knows? The guy, the guy throws heat and could be a great setup man. The guy they got was one of the best setup men uh, in the league. So we'll see. I don't, I don't know. The I guess bullpen help is coming at a premium these days. It seems weird because it used to be well, cheap, but well, it's because all these teams are doing the. The Yankee. Like the weird sh- well, the weird shit where it's like, you know, if you know you, what you want is your starter to go long, they're starting their, you know, their setup guys or their long arms from the pen at the start of the game, getting them to the Three third innings. and having yeah. a starting pitcher come in in the fourth. Yeah, they're having an opener. Yeah, which is odd. Like, I, I love it for the aspect of, hey, let's try something new for the sport. The Jays it's do great. it. Well, the Jays did it under Montoyo. Yes. Um, yeah. I just think... I don't think that's enough for the bullpen, to be honest. I don't think for the offense was not the issue for this team and not even inherently the defense outside of Teoscar's laziness sometimes where it just looked like he just did not give a shit for the ball. But I think you pick up how many wins that, I mean, a proper bullpen gets the Jays, what, four or five more wins? Well, think about this though too. Think about this though too. If... They do get a fifth starter or stripling or whatever that slides Kikuchi in permanently into the bullpen. And he was a great, actually, again, look at the game. He played some weaker opponents, but still his numbers were fantastic out of the bullpen towards the end of the year. And if you're talking about heaters in the bullpen, that guy throws high nineties. So again, it all really shakes down into, into where they get people and how they slot. And I think that's how they're looking at it. I think they're looking at it. Well, if we get a piece here that moves this piece over here, so we don't necessarily have to overpay, which is great because I don't all like you said, like Texas paying all these guys, like if they don't win, they've got no flexibility, right? And I think the Jays are in a good spot where their young guys don't have committed massive contracts. They don't have to bring in these hundred billion dollar free agents. They maintain a little blood, a bit of flexibility. Like the Gossman contract compared to these other contracts looks sparkling. Like yeah. the guy, the guy was incredible. For what he gave you, yeah. I, I think my, I think my issue is, is that it just seems like, as Dustin said, they have a internal valuation of what they're okay to spend on a player, and so while they say, yeah, we're willing mm-hmm. to spend, we're willing to spend, but then it seems like all these guys, and again, it's not just throw money at them. Guys have to want to come here too, and maybe they just don't want yeah. to. Maybe you know, and guys it's, have and family. It's, and- and that valuation might be for the situation and how they evaluate the team right now, where they're saying, you know, right now we're willing to spend X on a player because this is where we see the team, right? Yeah. Um, so don't forget, they also is, signed Don Mattingly. <laughs> yeah. Shave those sideburns, Mattingly. But I, I just think it's tough because then you, you look at guys out there like Carlos Correa, which are going to be more than $20 million. And 
I wouldn't be surprised if he would want to come here to play with George Springer again, to be on a team with Vladdy. And, you know, shifting Bo to second, as much as that might piss Bo off, that's probably the best place for him in terms of he, he yeah. can put off offense and he doesn't have to be the shortstop guy for defense. And then you tell him, you'd be like, this only looks better for you on your next contract because then there's less of an excuse of why we shouldn't pay you because the defensive liability that you can be at short sometimes. So I don't know. It's just kind of frustrating that it's, they make all these things and then it looks like they're bargain hunting. Well, unfortunately, that's kind of what they're doing, right? They're just looking for the next like the next bit of lightning in a bottle that they can capture because Robbie Ray, but is there something, is there something they're waiting for? Is there, are they saving cash so that they can give Lottie the money when it like, are they banking or prospects to come through? Like, which to me is if you're doing this as stopgats for prospects to come up, especially in a sport like baseball, you're already kind of setting yourself back. I don't, I don't know. Think I, I think they were. I think they were in on Cody Bellinger for sure. I, I don't think Mattingly makes any sense to hire unless they were going after Cody Bellinger. So then, when Bell- they have no faith in, or not no faith, but unless they tell John Schneider, like, yes, we know you knew, we gave you this deal, but now he's here to keep you in check. Well, that's the thing. Like, so on the surface, if you look at it, where it looks like Snyder just hired his replacement, right? With Mattingly. But I think the way they could have at least addressed that was, well, he has a good relationship with Bellinger. They work together well within the Dodger system. That is why Mattingly was in here, was to work with Bellinger and get him back to where he used to be. Now, obviously, Bellinger has signed elsewhere. He's with the Cubs now. And now I think the reason why we've only seen you know, this one, well, I guess two signings with Kiermaier, Kiermaier Bassett, is that now they're scrambling. I don't want to say scrambling. Now they're going to plan like C and D of like who this next, because I C think they D, do want a left-handed, fine. which is, I mean, it can be fine. As much as I wanted Bellinger, we don't know what he's going to be this year. Right. I think they're, I think they're still in on a left-handed outfielder. I think Ben attendee. Whether that. Like a Benintendi, it could be a Joey Gallo, it could be a guy like this, a Corey Dickerson, like that next tier down. Maybe not ideal, sure, and it's all still also very possible that they make a trade. Yeah, I mean they have they still have three three catchers that are MLB yes. capable. Um, yes. Rumblings that Danny Jansen is coveted by a few teams. Um. You know, so I don't, and there, there's still a Gurriel piece if you want to move on from that, if you do get a, a different fielding option. Um, so I think they have, there's options. And I think that's what I mean. Like they're, I can appreciate them staying flexible. I don't, like I said, if they're banking money so that the pain is less, you know, you, you bank your profit so that when you come time to spend over the next 10 years, it's not as painful. Um, the last position i think i'd want the jays to be in with all of these uh really good young pieces is, is kind of what the leafs ran into is <laughs> you're signing guys for league minimum to feel fill holes or whatever right so like i don't think this is indicative of the rogers budget i just think it's indicative like i said where they think they see the team now and what they want to be able to do let's say next year like what if they make it to the like division series 
or the what do they make it to the American League Championship and they lose well now you now you know what you have and you have a shit ton of money and you're confident you go out there and you can blow your like again I don't know who's out there in the next couple of years but you could blow your wad on something else I like to think that the catcher situation will be resolved with a trade with the Pirates to bring in Brian Reynolds, who's asked for a trade out of there. And he would be a useful bat, switch hitter, outfielder. I think a lot of this makes sense, uh, it, but we'll have to wait and see if that's how this is going to go. We should move on. Um, we have a lot more to discuss. And one of them is kind of uh, related to free agency. Uh, it's kind of free agency adjacent. The World Cup is wrapping up uh, quickly. By the time you hear this episode, we're going to be like playing a semifinal game. And it is now down to four teams. It is Argentina, Croatia, and France, and Morocco. The cool thing here for me, and I don't know if you guys have seen this as well, or, or at least uh, looking at it the way I'm looking at it, but man, I am rooting for a Croatia-Morocco final. Only because, no, only because they were both in Canada's group. And then I can feel so much better about Canada (laughs) not winning a single game in the group stages to say, hey, look, you know, two of the teams that were in Canada's group have made it all the way to the World Cup final. It's still pretty impressive, though, just on the surface of them being in the semifinal. So I think there's something that Canada can take away from that. At least with the way it is currently. at, at least at this point, Argentina, Croatia, France, Morocco. Who's your pick? Argentina. Argentina. I, think I mean, is... France is probably the best team remaining, but in terms of who we, I personally want to win, Argentina. I would think this is Lionel's time. Uh, I I personally, and we'll get to this maybe a little more in my shoutouts, I loved his, his brash nature. He's usually a pretty reserved dude. So to see him have a little bit of swagger at the end of that Netherlands game... Um, dude, the guys, the guys dialed in. So, uh, I'm pulling for him. So, Argentina. And you may get to see a lot more of Messi this season, as it sounds like it's happening officially that he is going to be transferred to Inter Miami of Major League Soccer. And I, I know we briefly talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. But I, I, the interesting thing to me about the World Cup is that a lot of these guys, maybe not Messi specifically, but there's a lot of guys who get to audition themselves that, hey, the world is watching and you get to see that, how great some of these players are. And one of those, of course, is Jonathan Osorio, who probably didn't get the showing in the World Cup as he probably wanted to, I would say. And to the and maybe that benefited TFC because TFC announced today that uh, Jonathan Osorio is staying with TFC and he signed a three-year contract plus a 2026 option as well. So you know he only made like a million dollars in 2022 for a guy who's been with the organization for a decade, right? Um, I think MLS has a long way to go. And this messy signing or transfer or whatever, I think helps that where there needs to be more money into this league 
for there to be stars to follow for there to be a development of the league for there to be players who don't want to go to europe they want to play in the mls because the money is here i don't know if apple has that money and sometimes i look at the decisions tfc has made and i don't know if it's the right ones like if i wanted to watch a tfc game this past season i could have turned to tsn even though tsn's awful and fuck bell but do you have that option to change the channel and watch a TFC game? You can't do that anymore. You have to sign up to some bullshit Apple TV shit, and I refuse to do anything Apple ever, so I, I guess MLS is dead to me unless I go to a game, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, first of all, stoked that Asari I'm staying, um, but I think, you know, we, we touched a little bit upon this in previous episodes. Messi coming is is great for the league. I think the league, it does have a little bit of ways to go, but I don't think it's as far off as I think some people would have you believe. I mean, they've expanded. I don't think they've shut any teams down. Um, so I would say the teams are pretty healthy, and, and soccer or football has overtaken the NHL as, I think, the fourth sport in yep. in the u.s fourth major sport so i don't i think I, I don't, well i don't know if that's a success story of the mls or like the failure the fall of, from grace of the nhl and i'm yeah. sure if you give it a couple more years like f1's gonna pass the nhl in the u.s that seems right. more like a failure on the nhl for sure I agree. right so um i would say that you know what you know what mls would do well to do is to have a series like drive to survive in the u.s I exactly think, yes you know if mls had an introspective look kind of like the nhl did with their um like the all or nothing series and the other stuff they did which they should just do on a regular basis and i don't really understand why they don't um i i i said they should pick a team in a division every year that they just follow and they should just do another new team every year i mean uh, that's you're you're describing hard knocks right but they don't do it for the nhl no, 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 I'm just, but I'm saying they do it for the NFL, right? Like that's, yeah. so yeah, what you're saying is like the, the NHL should emulate exactly what the NFL has done, which is never a bad idea since they're the most popular sports league in North America. Yeah. Well, but like, much, I'm, what's their gross, like 15 billion a year? Oh, I don't know what the numbers are, but yeah, they are by far the biggest uh, money generator for professional sports in that part of the world. Yeah. I believe they're. I believe it's the world. Like they're close to the world. Like I think we looked this up. I think they generate more than the World Cup does. Um, well, or cl- close. Yeah. Well, well the, like, you know who you know who's actually generating a ton of money though is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo though. Oh man. So just to put a bow on that soccer uh, segment we just had here, Osorio signs with TFC. Um, Messi is probably headed to Miami. And Cristiano Ronaldo is getting that Saudi money. And when we say that Saudi money, we mean that Saudi money. Like he's that, getting over, just over, I think it's like $7 million over. 207-ish million dollars a season. Like when we were looking at those baseball contracts and like, oh, this guy's making, you know, $200 million over a course of a nine-year deal or something. No, he's making 200 something million dollars every season. Man's washed up. He's a bench player. 
he is a bench player. Well, the fact that he wasn't even starting in your elimination game. But is you know what it doesn't matter though because at that point it's a circus attraction, right? Like that's what it is. Like it's not. He's not there to win games. He's there to sell tickets. Um, he's there to sell jerseys. He's there to. Are you talking about the World Cup? Or are you talking about for Saudi Arabia? For Saudi Arabia. I don't think he's doing any of that. I don't think that's why they're bringing him in. Like he's not going to be able to sell a half billion dollars in jerseys. Right? Oh, so you that's think this is just sport washing? This, in my opinion, I could be wrong, but I, I think the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia has struggled with their perception of the from the rest of the world, uh, specifically from the Western world. And I think this is their way of um, advertising their country. So is this like this is, is this like Ronaldo says, hey, these guys are good. So they're good. It's an endorsement deal from Cristiano mm-hmm. Ronaldo. It's a, they're paying an endorsement deal to the most popular sports figure in the world. Like, I don't I'll pull it up right now. I'm curious. Do you have any idea how many followers Cristiano Ronaldo has on? He's the Instagram? most followed person on Instagram. That's like, that's what I'm trying to pull up right now. I don't know. I think it's something like 200. I don't follow him. So I'm, is it like, is it like 20 million? Fuck. Of course, there's going to be like 400,000 fake accounts of Cristiano Ronaldo. So I have no idea which one is him. What do you think his actual Instagram handle is? Oh, there it is. Ronaldo is that 7. It? Is that it? That can't be it. This is a made up one. And it has 5.4 million, million followers. It's a- and it's made up. It's stupid that like a lot, of people, a lot of people have the fan accounts where it's like, oh, this is Cristiano Ronaldo's, Ronaldo's fan account and they've got like 1.6 million followers. Okay, I think this is a legit one and he has 514 million followers. 514 million. So he just needs so to that make is a what dollar. they're paying for. And, yeah. and maybe that's where the dollar figure comes from. <laughs> they're paying him a million dollars, paying him a dollar for every Twitter follower he has or every uh, yeah. Instagram follower he has. Do you think that was the deal where he's like, hey, give me one dollar for every it's Instagram possible. follower I have? I, I mean, the numbers are very close to a point where I think that might actually be it. That wouldn't be, uh, honestly, that'd be oddly brilliant. Right. I mean, and that's what I mean. If like, you're paying for advertisement, anything, that's his reach. It's advertisement. Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't think it has anything to do with soccer. It, no. This is about Saudi Arabia being put on the map. Dude, the he, wasn't, he wasn't one of the top 20 players in the tournament. He's barely relevant in the tournament. The only thing he did was bro, like set that record for scoring in the most World Cups. And cried. Right, but what's also interesting, if you look at that stat, he's never scored a goal beyond the group stages. Right. So like he's never delivered when they've needed it. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, obviously he's still a great player. I just don't like the guy because he's a fucking weirdo. Or, oh, hold on, actually, I, let me rephrase that. I don't like the guy because I I perceive him to be a weirdo. He may not be. I just no. He's actually a really big fucking weirdo. He says stuff like I don't (laughs) I don't chase history. History chases me. Like fuck off. Yeah, you know. I know. So that's what what I mean. Does that even mean? He just seems like a d bag. Now it's possible he's not a d bag. Maybe he's a very nice human being, but I perceive him as being a d bag. Nobody with that much gel in their hair is any sort of nice. Yours, you don't have that much. Yeah, compared to him. Like, the fact that he can run around and sweat that much and the gel just stays is... Like, you have to make a deal with the devil to get, like, that level of hold. Yeah. That guy is full-on Mephisto deals. 
Also, too, fuck him because he can't enter the states anyway because of alleged charges against him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whatever. He'll be hanging out with Saudis. Yeah, he's like, oh, birds of a feather. What's that? What's that guy give a shit? He's he's got half a billion dollars. That's very true. I mean, to play soccer in a lesser league, like too, right? Like it's it's not going to be any sort of. That's like you know what that's like. That's like Connor McDavid going to play in the ECHL when he's kind like thirty six. Yeah, and getting half a billion money. dollars for it, and getting paid more than yeah. he did in the NHL. Oh yeah, like that's him going to play in like a Division two Swiss league. Yeah, that's that's a better comparison because like it's him going to a different like part of the world altogether, right? Yeah, I don't Weird, know. It's man. just like you look at it and. Do you think this just further cements? Like, do you think he's fully given up on thinking that people like him more than Messi? Yeah, I don't think he gives a shit. I don't think he gives a shit if people like him or not. I don't, that guy, that guy stuffs his ears with cash. Yeah, he's, he's like, in, I got my half billion dollars plugging my ears. <laughs> yeah. It. I think for him, it's all about the money and the money. What, and for Saudi Arabia, it's definitely about the advertising opportunity. And I'm going to take this opportunity to talk to you about our advertiser. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Now Your Treasures. Who gave us half a now billion dollars to do this. Yes, they paid us. Exactly. They, <laughs> now Your Treasures paid us a half billion dollars to uh, read this ad where Now Your Treasures, they're provi- uh, purveyors of licensed fine art prints for movies, comics, TV, and video games sourced from galleries in the U.S. and U.K., which include artists from all over the world. You may even find one from Saudi Arabia. Who knows? I, I hope it wouldn't cost you like $500 billion, though. But if it does, you go to Now Your Treasures on Instagram and send them a DM, 43.6, and you'll receive 43% off. All orders are shipped with tracking and complimentary insurance, and it's not being shipped from Saudi Arabia, so you know it should be arriving much sooner than that would. Visit the entire ever-expanding inventory at nowyourtreasures.ca or .com. N-O-W-Y-O-U-R-T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-S.ca or .com. And, of course, make sure you go to Instagram, nowyourtreasures, send them a DM, 43.6, and you'll receive... 43% 43% off your next order. Gentlemen, as I was rolling through some stories today, trying to uh, put up a list of all the things that we want to talk about, one of the things that struck me that I don't know, maybe it's going to be a bigger story in the coming days, maybe it's just breaking right now, but it seems as though... We talked about this on on the show maybe a couple weeks ago, and we were kind of like hypothesizing about it, right? It it was the crash episode where everything went down, and I was joking, like, give them Kerfoot and Justin Hall for Bo Horvat. And it sounds as though the Vancouver Canucks have uh, official, I wouldn't say officially, because I guess nothing's official until it's official, but it seems as though the Canucks have reached an impasse where they're done. They're not going to come to an agreement with Bo Horvat, and they are now going to explore a trade for their captain between now and the trade deadline, which I think is March 3rd. So obviously there's a bit of time before that happens, but mm, before you know it's going to be a new year, and before you know it's going to be the All-Star break. So they're going to want to get this done. And I know it's... 
it's the easy thing for us to say like, oh yeah, sign tramp to the Toronto Maple Leafs. That'd be great. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'd be awesome, but I don't think Horvat is what the Maple Leafs need right now. If anything, they badly need a defenseman, and that's a different conversation for a different day. Where do you see Bo Horvat being traded? And what do you think the return is for Horvat? Because he's a point-of-game player. I think he has 29 points in 28 games, something like that. Uh, yeah, 28 point, 29 points, 28 games. Uh, and his contract is digestible. He's only making $5.5 million. So there's, I'm sure there's a team out there that's looking for some help up the middle. I, I mean, Calgary just lost uh, Lindholm. And I, I don't know what the extent of the injury is. I just got a notification about an hour ago that he wasn't skating. He's not going to play today. So Calgary might all of a sudden be in the market for a, a center in. And a five and a half... I mean, I think every team, with the exception of the Toronto Maple Leafs um, and maybe the Vegas Golden Knights, can find the cap space for a guy like Bohorvat. I don't... What, Montreal Canadiens? I mean, they have... Chris, Christian Dvorak is not working out there. Um, maybe... There's a swap of pieces somehow, um, and they, you know, they've always kind of needed that help up the middle. Um, but like, I don't, the, I don't the think Montreal's with, had that no. since Koivu, right? right? Not even that. It's more of Montreal actively would have to subtract from their pool of items that would help them rebuild, but they're still rebuilding. Yes, they're probably playing above their weight right now, but that's just a like a happy consequence of where they are. I still think they want to hold on to anything that would probably have to be part of that deal. And then, you're looking at a first round pick for sure. And they're not doing that. Not in the next two years. Well, Montreal does have two first round picks this year and two first first round picks in 2025. Uh, there is a ho oh, oh, like a seven page conditional star beside the 2025 pick. So let's not count that one, but they do have, Florida's first round pick as well this mm -hmm. coming draft. So and, and in total, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven picks in seven rounds, Montreal has this draft. Does he have a no does Bahorvan have a no trade clause? I can't imagine he does. I'll look it up, but I don't or like think a so. limited or anything. Cause like I was wondering if he might control his destiny a bit, because that'll change He does not. Okay. Cause and this is like, I know people say like, oh, not the Leafs and stuff. And again, Homer podcast, they've done some really interesting things uh, in regards to putting Morgan Riley on LTIR when they really didn't have to. Um, like, I know it's there for cap flexibility, but, you know, and there's been rumors around the Leafs doing something major. Like Frank Saravalli has been fucking spouting that off for like two months that they were they were going to do something major um there's the rumor that maddie's shared in the in the discord about luke shen possibly coming to to toronto now back to toronto which makes your your jersey legitimate again i know i could um, re-wear my luke shen jersey um i wonder if that's part of something bigger like i wonder you know just to add to that i'm looking at the maple leafs current cap situation 
And based on the amount of people they currently have on long-term injured reserve, they're looking at about $6.3 million of cap space. No, they can now, do, they can fit both now, Shen and on. Horvat in. But if, if those, you add, hang on, oh, oh, Muzzin, oh. <laughs> Muzzin doesn't come back, right? Uh-huh. Shen, Shen gets in, Shen gives you four-ish million delta between Muzzin and, and himself. And then there's salary on this roster that can move out. Uh, that can make that work with what you currently have on the roster. And I'm not. Well, I'm not well, saying that this is. I'm saying it's just possible. Justin well, yes. Holland, Alex Kerfoot. I, I. I. think we're all on the same train of thought here. Is that Luke Shen to the Leafs had? There's a lot of smoke to that fire right now. He's not making a lot of money. I think he fits in well. Like I think it's a no-brainer. He's been here before, so he knows what to expect. He does. That's a good point. And you package him together with with Bo Horvat as well. I mean, I mean the, it's doable. the Leafs do have a first round. The Leafs do have a first round pick. To what, they would no longer have that first round pick. Yeah, it's, it's, it's their only one. Um, so here's what you do: is that first round pick? Do you want that first round pick for higher end help up front, or do you want that first round pick for higher end help on the back end? So here's the, I don't know that they're going to get much higher end help on the back end, right? Like, what what higher end help do you need? Well, if that if that deal is Jacob Chikrin, and you you say you have two deals on the table, and all the pieces are the same, and your first round pick, and you could get Horvat or Chikrin, and like again, deals are identical because the contract's roughly identical except for extended period of time. Which do you do? Well, it wouldn't be Horvat or Chikrin. It would be Horvat and Shen or Chikrin. Yes. Okay, so then you do, and then okay, so you do Horvat and Shen, and then Chikrin for, and maybe some other equal level player than you know what Luke Shen would be on Arizona's forward depth. Essentially, to balance it all out in terms of optics, what would you rather do? Would you rather get the higher end help on the back end with supporting character up front, or would you rather have higher end forward help with a supporting character on the back end? Uh, uh, with the way Lilligren Sandine are playing now, uh, and Riley's going to come back, I would take Horvat and Shen because Shen gives you something the team doesn't have. Chikrin doesn't. Like the team has right now potentially three Chikrins uh, between Riley, Sandine, and, and Lilligren. They all play very no, similar. Chikrin at least has a shot. Well, you know, okay, but. And I'll be the first to say that you know I've, I've been begging for a shot from the point on this team forever, but I his he does have a shot, but his point totals don't don't say that he delivers you much more than than Lilligren does. And I mean, I, I think the forward comparison on Arizona would be Nick Buick, Buick, Buickstead is probably Buickstead. The, the other guy who would come back for just like, based right. on like age and salary, and he's making nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So it was a big body. Like yeah. that guy can grind still, right? So yeah. So yeah, I so guess it, so one. him and Chikrin or Shannon Horvat. Horvat. But something right. I think Horvath's something the sexier pickup. I think. I think something more valuable would have to move out. I do. I do think they're like it would be a to- Tope Niemela would have to go with it. Right. I think though the the difference is, and obviously this is all part of it is. Horvat's a UFA, so the cost is going to be a little less than what Chikrin will true. get you. And also true, especially yeah. considering that they the ask Shen for Arizona is, Shen is UFA too. A, yeah, 
right? The he's come down a little bit. Now Arizona's asking for like a first and a second or like a first and a like higher end not top end but higher end prospect. So I don't know. Like I think Horvat is the gritty leadership type that in the playoffs as a forward you would want. And also too is Horvat he's coming in here to be your third line center. Yeah. Or he comes up and he becomes your second line center and Tavares moves over to the wing. I don't know if they put I mean that's possible. I was I was no, no, no. that that's actually the better way to do it. <laughs> the way I was thinking was he would go to the wing on Tavares's line, but I think it makes more sense to you're right to have Horvat in the middle, but and then you, this was last year. I would say yes. This year, with the, how Tavares is playing, you can't really argue with how he's producing down the. And middle. then he, he possibly rounds out a power play, right? Like a second power play yeah. unit. So, you know, again, we're we're being leaf homers a little bit and tell you even entertaining this, but whatever, sex sells. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's it's just one of those interesting things where, you know, like you said, I think the Shen thing. I hope it happens. I'm pretty confident that it will happen. Um, and like you said, maybe there's something bigger to talk about. And with them both being UFAs, it's no commitment risk to the to the Leafs. If Muzzin doesn't play, unfortunately, there's there's room there to make it happen. So, and there's there's been underperforming guys on this team that might benefit from a change of scenery. So. Um, you know, we'll see. Again, I don't want to be that guy that everything is connected here, but we—I I think we've seen enough in history to say that when there's something small, there's always potential for something bigger, right? And where, like yeah. I said, where else would you see him right now? Like I'm. The, the funny thing is, is like I hate to say this, but they would find a way, and it would be like Vegas. <laughs> like, and it pisses me off to say that. Because you think but, Minnesota's strapped, like they're 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 right up against it. Um, well, like he's not going to go to Chicago. Like Vegas is pretty strapped too. Yeah. Oh no, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas actively can't afford a guy to get hurt. The Rangers. Because, like, what are the Rangers? Well, the Rangers. Got? The Rangers are doing that right now because they're not really in a playoff spot, so they're not going to give up anything. Well, they're in a like, wild card, for, but they're not going to give up. You're right. They're not going to give up pieces. Um, Boston. No, they just they brought Krejci back for for that reason. Right, you but know if, what I mean? you, if yeah, but like I understand they got they brought Krejci back for that reason. But if you can get a Bo Horvat and slot him in, yeah, Boston. Yeah, Boston's not a bad option. They have the I mean, money. I'm, I'm thinking where else? Winnipeg. I mean, they're kind of cap strap but that would make sense you know honestly where i honestly think he would work out fantastically but i also know this team is probably in a little bit of cap hell and it would take some finagling to make it work he would look really good in a dallas stars jersey yeah or jersey new jersey would be perfect um considering how they're playing to supplement and help support hughes and he and you know jesper blatt and all those younger guys there um I'm yeah i think of like who else Edmonton, that'll never happen. Edmonton can't do it. They have no money. Yeah, and uh, I don't. I don't think he stays within that vicinity of the West. Like I don't think. Like and the other thing to remember too with Vancouver is they're not. They're not playing well, but they're not drowning. They're five hundred. No. 
Yeah. Yeah. So they may not want to trade him within the division. So even right. though, like I was saying, Calgary makes a lot of sense right now. I don't think they would want to make that deal with Edmonton or Calgary. You know. But St. Louis, like they're, they're but they're kind of, kind of janky yeah. now. I'm trying to think of like who else is in either a pretty strong playoff position or close, i.e., wild card. Washington. Yeah. Washington would make a lot of sense. They lost Nick Backstrom. Yeah, Pittsburgh would make some sense. Oh, Pittsburgh! Pittsburgh would be a cheat code like that. Could you imagine Horvat, Malkin, Crosby as your center depth? Yeah, okay. That's almost as bad as him coming here. Mm -hmm. In terms of not being fair, in terms of your center depth, right? Right. Almost as bad. It would. It would be. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. You you said it right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting because there is a fair bit of suitors that could use him that it's just whether it makes sense. Right. And it also depends on where Vancouver wants to deal. Cause we all know as much as it might make the most sense for him to come here in terms of return and whatever, does Vancouver really want to help Toronto? We've been trade partners in the past. We, yeah. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I do you think that's overstated, you know, around like when people are like, Oh, no one's, especially not wanting to help Toronto. Do you think their GMs are like, look, if I get the best return or, you know, it's the best situation, fuck it, I'm doing it. Yep. Yeah, I don't think they, I don't think they would care. Like other than the issue of trading within your own division, I think there are some GMs who are weary of doing that. But if it's a team like that's in another conference, regardless of how you feel about the team, if they're going to give you a good deal, you're taking it. No, I agree. I'm just thinking like, I think it's not like it could very well be no market for Bo Horvat because Vancouver could play that ultimate or be their own worst enemy and try and get the most return possible. And all these teams are like, he's UFA. We're getting him for half a year. We're not giving you a first round pick and a prospect for a fucking guy that could only play with us for two and a half months. And Vancouver would be like, well, that's our price and blah, blah, blah. And then deadline comes, he doesn't move. Listen, they're three. They're three points out of the wild card. They're not dealing within the division. They're not dealing. Then they're gonna want. They're gonna want pieces now back. I think. Well, yeah, because that division is absolute trash. Yeah. So if they make the playoffs with this deal, then they win back some of the fan base. They um, get tangible pieces back for for a guy who doesn't want to be here and, and won't sign. So again, so I think that eliminates basically all of that, like Pacific Division. Right. Yeah. So you're you're essentially cutting out ten teams almost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bo. Now, before we move off hockey, I think we do have to at least acknowledge the the run that Mitch Marner has been on lately. Yeah. I don't even know how many games it's been at this point. But twenty-two. Is twenty-two now? I know. I know he tied or broke the record or whatever at nineteen. Yes, but now he is yeah up well, to technically twenty. Well, yeah, so nineteen was the record, and the twenty I guess broke it against. Well, no, twenty one actually twenty one broke the record because so nineteen was the record for a Toronto Maple Leaf. Right, it was a franchise was the record. record for the St. Pat's. So for a Toronto hockey team, so he now currently holds the overall record for a Toronto hockey player. Yeah, it was twenty by Babe Die for the St. Pat's. And I feel like us just acknowledging on this show is going to mean he's not going to score a point in the next game. 
Dude, but like I remember when I should talk to Marner and I was like, the yes, dude, the dude, the dude has played a different game this year. Like that's a different player. Um, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if he's, if it's the mental aspect of the game that he's dialed in. I don't know if it's been him shifting him off of Matthew's line so that he gets better looks. Uh, I'm not sure if it's maturity, um, but I'll, I'll say more than the point streak that I, I admire. I think he's just engaged in the game. Like he's, I see him first on pucks. Dude, that penalty kill where he broke his stick. Oof. That oh, man. Took a, he, yeah, he took a couple off the arm. Yeah, and then he, and then he collapsed on the puck and uh, next to the net and took tons of abuse um there so i'll give the credit to the guy the guy's playing like a man and that's that's what you want that's what we want now so that you know by the time the playoffs start he's hard-nosed he's battle tested and ready and that's that's you want to see and but i see the same thing from matthews too to be honest i see the same thing from all four of them they all look pretty good um like even (laughs) even when when uh when Sandine took that high stick against Calgary and it was four on three and, and they roll out Tavares, Matthews, Delander, uh and Marner and a four and three. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's unfair. Right. Like, could you imagine if you're like that's your worst nightmare for when you and again, I know we're leave Homer homering here. That's your worst nightmare is taking a penalty in overtime against that team. Like your absolute worst nightmare. You will not touch the puck. It's not happening. Right. right? Like, and could you imagine if you take like a five on three against them in overtime? Like two penalties? <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Like, and, and there's, there's a, there's only like three teams in the league that can genuinely make you that nervous on a power play in overtime. The least for sure. You would say Edmonton, which honestly people will fuck themselves being like, well, we got McDavid and dry settle. Your team is clinging in a shitty division. Shut it. Your team can't <laughs> defend a puck. Your team can't like none of your forwards know how to play defense outside of Zach fucking Hyman. And he even he's getting paid now. And he's like, yo, I'm getting paid for like produce production money. So no. Fuck it. I'm tilted. But <laughs> there's only a, like a few teams that can do that. But I digress. Good on Marner, man. 21 game, 22 games. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the most impressive things it's not just the points but like he scored eight goals in the last eight games yeah like he's filling the net too like he's always been in a i mean at least in terms of his career with the maple leafs he's always been leading the team in assists every year but being actually a goal scorer i mean obviously he's always been a goal scorer but my point is he's always been more of an assist guy than a goal guy and well during this stretch of how many goals he scored has also been you uh, you move him away from Matthews, he's going to shoot more. And I think that's that's what they're getting. Like, he's not he's not constantly looking for Matthews. Um, it's cool to see him in early heart conversations. I think I, think I really like hearing that. Um, and I think he's earned his way into my reverse retro uh, Drew jersey name oh. on the back. I think that's what it's going to be. That's, so, a, that's a big compliment. Speaking of which, I did uh, go purchase a reverse retro jersey yesterday and when i went there they said the only names available right now because there's like out of letters and numbers or shit whatever 
was Matthews, Marner, or Nylander with your three options. So I bought a blank one. And <laughs> I said, when you guys get the letters in, I will be back to get a Giordano on here. But nice. Giordano. If you did want a Matthews one, although I'm sure uh, you will find a different a store to purchase your uh, <laughs> your jerseys from. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Um, but if you did, yes, there are currently available at the uh, old Scotiabank Arena if you want to go pick one of those up. Yo, speaking of, the Leafs deserve like a complete reno of that arena, man. No? Um, it's old now. It, it is old. They've made some changes uh, over the years, but no major facelifts recently. They, they, te- they tend to add like one or two things every year, but it's, it hasn't had like a major up overhaul. I don't know if it needs one, honestly. But uh, speaking of, though, the Skydome, the Renos have started there. I'm yeah. like the fact that they're doing this over the offseason to get it done for next season makes me hype to go back to the Jays games. I want, I want to, and to specifically heckle the bull. Congrats, you've been sold. Yep, that's what 100%. that's what they're doing. I'll go, so I'm, cur- I'm currently, as the boys can see, I'm currently sitting in my Udi. I will go on a chill September night or an early April evening in my Udi, and I will heckle a motherfucker from the stands in an Udi, and then he can be like, he'll all go back to the dugout, and he'll be like, "You see that guy in an a penguin Udi heckling me." And he'll remember it forever. And that's the kind of content I'm there for. I would I would love to see that come up like on Sports Center one night. Just the dude in an Udi. Let me rephrase that. I don't want to talk about Bell. I would love to see that to come up on uh SportsNet Connected or whatever the fuck they call uh, the Roger SportsNet version. Who knows now, Gretchen? Who knows? And you see like the highlights of the Jays game, and all you see is this dude in Udi. With a, a, a Mill Street blue wave in his hand and a cigarette in his mouth. It's not lit, <laughs> but the dark. cigarette's just like dangling in his mouth as he's like heckling the away team bullpen. That's what, that's what I want to see. Hey, we could make it happen. Because like, like an April evening would be cool enough to wear a nudie. It would. Dome, but although dome clothes, that might be warm. Like you may saute in that. I might maybe, yeah, it it will be a little toasty. You might bake a little bit. Well, but uh, speak. But speaking of bakers, Baker um, Mayfield. Baker Mayfield somehow played an NFL game <laughs> this past week in week fourteen. <laughs> like that I'm literally came out of nowhere. So the story came out that Baker was released, and we were all joking that like he's going to the Niners. He's going to go to the Niners, and Christian McCaffrey is going to be very upset when he walks in. He's going to pull the Michael Scott thing, right? Where he's like, "No, please, God, no!" <laughs> he's going to call he Toby Baker Mayfield. But yeah. uh, fortunately for Christian McCaffrey and all of uh, football fans in SF, that didn't end up happening. He went to the Los Angeles Rams, and I mean, the Rams won the game, so I guess that's. Uh, that's a feather in the cap of Baker Mayfield. He wasn't horrible either. He was you know, like 230 yards and a touchdown. So maybe there's a resurgence for Baker Mayfield. We'll have to wait and see. Um, it obviously didn't work out with him and the Panthers, but I, I don't, 
or him and the Browns. But those are two <laughs> exactly. shitty teams, man. Like that, they were I two. Mean, well, the Browns weren't that shitty, but like the Brown, like there's definitely more talent on the Rams. Dude, OBJ actively told me to not told me, but told people <laughs> told me get me the fuck out of here because he did not want to play with Baker. I don't know what the problem was in Carolina or in yeah, Cleveland. but OBJ is also a lot of like Antonio Brown levels of nuts. Sure, that's, yeah. that's saying a lot. I don't know if Baker Mayfield was the problem. I like to think he is because he'd be funny. <laughs> I don't know if that's necessarily the case because the Cleveland Browns and the Bengals had a, a horrible game this past weekend as well. And man, the only great thing about seeing a, a game like that where it's like 0-0 after the first quarter and no one knows how to score apparently. The only good thing that I can look at that and be happy about is the fact that Deshaun Watson is not clicking right now. And I just hope that Deshaun Watson doesn't have any success in the NFL. Um, <laughs> did you, I don't know if you saw that meme where Deshaun Watson had like a, a cramp or something on the sideline. Yeah, he's he waiting just, for like, a massage. His leg out. Get the masseuse away from him. Or like he made a play. <laughs> the yeah, the captain was like, no field. one's allowed to touch Deshaun Watson. He's got to yeah. figure this shit out on his own. Yeah. Get him a terror gun. So funny. Um, it was a pretty crazy, crazy week for for football in general. I yeah, mean, the Texans made it close. That, two teams that absolutely couldn't score. It was the same situation with the Jets and the Bills, where it was almost halftime by the time the Bills finally scored, scored a touchdown. Like it was the first score of the game. Um, it's it's always a battle with these two teams. Obviously, oh. divisional game, interstate game. It's it's they're everyone's gonna be up for it, but every time I see these teams team these two teams play, it makes me realize like and I th- I don't know if there's any other team than the Jets that can do this, or at least I haven't seen any other team except the Jets do this. They make Josh Allen look human. Oh, he looks very pedestrian, right? It's the like style. Not- of, it's the style of defense that the Jets the Jets yeah. play, right? Like, I mean, you look at the. The, the, and I'm the authority on this. Um, you look at the that side of the ball, and it's you know you've got Quinn and Williams coming after you. You got C.J. Mosley coming after you. They ran a couple of plays. They ran Sauce Gardner around the outside uh, as pressure uh, against Josh Allen. They just give him different looks, and they don't, you know, they don't. The the way Josh is successful against the Jets is when he ran the ball. And the, the Bills don't have a strong running game to, to pound it up the middle, and I think that's where you can kind of take advantage of the Jets if you if you push it straight up the middle. But the secondary is solid. Um, the, the pass rush is solid. So, you know, that's, that's why they have such success against the Bills. The problem with the Jets is they couldn't get the timely catches that they needed, and then Mike White got hammered real bad which caused a joe flacco appearance and a turnover yeah that was that was really bad looking unfortunately he came back in the game but did he leave again yeah or am i making that yeah he, uh, left, he left again, again. Like, i remember and that's where flacco you guys a turnover. message like oh it's flacco time and then he was back and i you know i, I moved on but with my fin- life but, but then mike- i got another notification that he left again yeah he finished the game though did he not did mike white finish the game i think he did uh, i can't remember to be honest 
Um, because they they did march towards the end zone towards the end of the game, and then he threw an interception. But you know, hey, the Jets are what seven and six now. Seven and six. So playoff hopes are dwindling, but I like a lot of growth this year and a lot of things that like look at who they're missing. They're still missing Mackay Becton, which I, I'm guessing that man's never going to play again for at least for the Jets. Um, Brees Hall, Corey Davis went down mid game. Their franchise quarterback isn't playing. Um, well, he may so be playing lot, next week, depending damn, on how right? Quiet it is. <laughs> right. So there's. There's a Isn't lot of Robinson hurt too because they're using Zonovan, Zonovan Knight, Knight, who's been who's been fantastic. Did you know Zonovan Knight right now is like third in the league, like missed tackles. <laughs> like the guy is like you can't hit the man. Um, yeah, it's, he had 17 carries, 71 yards in, in the score. Like he, he had a hell of a game. It's pretty good for an undrafted rookie. So yeah. uh, against one of the top teams in the league. So again, the Bills are missing Von Miller now for the season, but. Yeah, I was gonna um, say that's there. There's their Super Bowl chances. No Von Miller. That's it. Right. So, you know, I think there's just there's a lot for the Jets to build on. Again, I think Robert Sala, the way he's handling the Zach Wilson situation, is chef's kiss. I mean, you got to make the guy. The reason Mike White is so good with the receivers and the team is he spent time building relationships, taking reps in the practice squad, and that's what that's what Wilson needs to do. Also, I heard that in terms of release of the ball mike white was like third in the league in like like releasing after the snap and like zach wilson was like dead last <laughs> in terms of releasing the ball after the snap so hopefully he can learn how to be a little bit more quick and decisive and and learn the system that's the other thing i don't think wilson knows the system as good as white does and sometimes you have to sit on the bench it's like look at the reps look at plays and and to really understand the system so hopefully that's what's happening salah says he hopes to get zach back in in games i hope he does because my card collection could use it um <laughs> but yeah that's my jets report for the week and i think jets report brought to you the by. other really interesting game this week the interest of this game to me peaked right around probably last week this time when all of the betting lines started coming out and everyone had the lions favored to win it's like wait what like i know they're at home but they're the lions and they're playing the vikings who were 10 and 2 going into this week super bowl contender minnesota vikings playing the detroit lions who are the the lions like what are we talking about and wow what a shootout this game was and of course the Lions ended up, ended up winning that game 34-23. Like, not only did they win, but they covered. Kirk Cousins had 425 yards through the air. Justin Jefferson had 223 yards. <laughs> it's almost as if the, the Vikings are like, well, we're going to need to start throwing to somebody else because uh, if they're going to leave Jefferson open, great, but someone else has to do something here. And Jared Goff had 330 yards, three touchdowns, and they just spread the ball out between Chark and Amon Ross St. Brown and, and Josh Reynolds. Like everyone was contributing, and the, the Lions won. Like, Lions are I, bad men. And the Aiden Hutchinson, man, the Lions are, are, are bad men uh, up and down the lineup. And I think, I, you know what's funny? The Lions 
right now oddly remind me of the Vikings in terms of they have you know outside weapons they have a a middle middle of the pack quarterback uh you know a pretty decent running back like they're built very similar and i think that's why the game was kind of a shootout is that you know the lions just feel like the vikings of like two three years ago the lions were at week uh, i don't know what was that one two three four five six. by week seven they were one and six they have since won five of those last six games and could so have been the bills they are six and seven and second in the nfc north and could have beaten the bills on, th- on Thanksgiving well Thursday. i mean yeah. they were right there yeah they lost that game 28 25 they were right there their schedule coming up they have the jets this sunday i mean that's that'll be that'll be a fight i'm not going to say that's gonna be an easy game that'll definitely be a fight either way but then they have the panthers the bears who may or may not have fields and then the Packers? Now, that's in Green Bay, and historically, they have not played well in Green Bay, but momentum-wise, they... To be honest, I like think the, the Jets are, are done. The Jets are going to be their biggest problem, and it's because of the way the Jets are built with the secondary. So, But even if they win three of those games... Yeah, they're nine and... What, what they end up nine, nine and eight? They'd be nine and eight. It's pretty good. Like... There is a real possibility that the Detroit Lions make the playoffs after starting the season one and six. They should have a parade. Like that's parade, like legit. It's parade worthy for that team. I'm not joking. If the Jets had a fucking playoff appearance, I'd have a parade. Um, I don't <laughs> know if there's. I don't have much else for uh, storylines from this uh, past week in the NFL, unless there's something else that jumps out at you. Of course, the Ravens won because they played the Steelers and they just own the Steelers, but. Beyond that, um, I guess we should also shout out TK because uh, the Jaguars got a victory and that was over the Tennessee Titans, which is always fun to see because that's Brad Meyer's favorite team. So, he's a Titans fan, yeah, because he likes country music. So, when he started watching yeah, football, <laughs> he was like, What team do I cheer for? and he chose the Tennessee Titans because he likes country music. But now, looking, <laughs> looking ahead next week actually before we do that we should go over our picks from last week which were posted on twitter by the way which were posted on twitter because we were unable to give our picks in the normal fashion as we do right now maddie had the Bengals over the browns which paid james had the chiefs over the broncos which paid and i picked the bucks over the 49ers which did and not God spanked. oh boy that game wasn't even close no it's what's i, what's I turned it on 36 nothing at one point i was like, like are you fucking kidding me honestly it's i don't know who i'm getting anymore with tom brady like at the beginning of the year i was like no nah, i don't trust this guy and then all of a sudden they went on the run and they're winning games i'm like oh i guess he's still good and then the niners are starting like some guy off the street at quarterback i'm thinking okay cool Brock like Purdy? Purdy? Was he a chocolate? What are we doing? And, and somehow, not only do they lose, they get their ass handed to them. So, like, spanked. Like, yeah. I, I mean, like, that was a now you call me daddy type game. Mm-hmm. Honestly, someone needed to call the cops after that one. It was, it was an out out. It was, it was assault, is what that was. <laughs> it, yeah, the, it, that was bad. 
the score currently, Maddie has 10, James has 7, and I have 9. So Maddie has found his way into the lead with four weeks remaining. We are one month left in the NFL season. And we are making picks suicide style where we can only pick one, the, one team one time. So we're starting to run out of options here. I, for this week in week 15, am going with... <laughs> I wrote it funny. I wrote Cardinals. I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals over the Denver Broncos because, I mean, the Broncos are in shamble. Let's ride. James. <laughs> I'm Broncos Nation. Let's ride. I'm going. Cardinals <laughs> Nation, let's fly. Unlimited. Uh, I'm going with. Unlimited. The, I'm going to go with the Jets over the Lions because the Jets have to win. If they have any sort of hopes in the playoffs, this is a must win game. So. Um, be interesting to see what the quarterback situation looks like but you know hoping for i haven't looked at the injury report hoping for good news on D- uh Corey davis and quinn williams but jets have to win so that might be a, one of the most intriguing games this uh both have week. to win because for both those teams those are must win games and it's a situation where the lions probably didn't think it was going to have to be a must win game because i don't think they thought they'd be in this position but they can get the 500 with the win here today or this week, I should say. Yep. Maddie. I am taking the Riders. And by Riders, I mean Raiders. Um, mostly just mimicking Dustin's mistyping of Cardinals. Uh, I'm taking the Raiders over the Pats. I mean, I think it's shown that Belichick can't get it done without Brady. Sure, they play well here and there. And I don't think the Raiders are, are as bad as we've seen. And I think maybe they're a little pissed off at losing to Baker Mayfield last week. So, yeah, I'm going to take, I'm gonna take the Raiders at home against the Pats. Now, interesting, Dustin, if you and me both don't come through with these picks, it's 10-9-8. And Jim's got all his favorites and all the heavy hitters left he can pick. Well, you and me are basically looking being like we're fucked <laughs> like yeah. it's 50 50 games so we're pick we're picking at scraps but I'm, I'm starting to target the detroit lions as the pick i'm gonna have to make in the next couple of weeks and that game against green bay looks like a sexy one that i may have to reach for no i'm screwed i took early leads with like heavy hitters and now i'm looking and i'm like i'm gonna have to take the, Steelers. I, the, the texans over the jacks <laughs> well on the bright side, the Patriots are losing to the Cardinals, so both of you are in good shape if this is any indicator for next week. That's no, true. it's not a good shape because I picked the Cardinals. <laughs> right, so. they're winning. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. Yeah, and the Pats are losing. Lovely. I, I mean, you, I hope so, but like I said, looking over the next couple weeks, I'm... Bruh, I, I'm struggling. I'm down bad in shambles for some of these picks teams because I've taken the Chiefs. I've taken the Eagles. I've done the Cowboys. I've taken um, Bengals. I've, I'm fucked. Yeah, well, I got I got to hope to get this week to really secure a potential V victory here. Well, speaking of victories, there was a number of video game awards that were given out this past week, and I don't think there was anything. Okay, so here's the big surprise. Well, I shouldn't say big surprise. This is what people are uh, talking about, we'll say. God of War Ragnarok won six different awards. Not the one that mattered. But not the one that mattered. The one that matters, of course, is Game of the Year and Elden Ring, uh, of course. Which we have to say, 
let's dedicate to our reformed rabbi Bill Clinton. As Dustin smacks his knee off his table. I just, I just kicked the subwoofer. That hurt. Shout out to the reformed rabbi, Bill Clinton. Yeah, reformed rabbi, Bill Clinton. <laughs> but I like I know you and me talked about this before Jim came on. Well, like in pre-show. Um, I appreciate God of War. I truly love the game. I loved the 2018. I love this one. God of War came in with expectation. It came in with winning, I think it won game of the year that year in 2018. And then if not, it was in the running and close second. And then you have this one where everyone lauded the game and loved it and said it just built on the last one while improving on a lot of things, but just kind of going next level. God of War did win game of the year in 2018. It beat out... Uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, Marvel Spider-Man, Monster Hunter, and Red Dead 2. That's some stiff competition. Well, beating Red Dead, although Red Dead was a bit of a letdown. Um, Red Dead sucked. Fuck that game. <laughs> so, but what I will say is people were excited for Elden Ring, but the people that were excited for Elden Ring were a very niche culture of gaming. It was the Souls-like fans, as I am one, that were really excited. So that game didn't it had expectations among those fans, especially with all the delays and the lack of seeing it to the point people thought it was vaporware. So the fact that when it got released and it broke that fan base and became mass appeal and top to bottom, that thing was a work of art. Um, and I know Dustin, like, as you said, you're not a big souls guy, Jim, I know he's kind of flirted with them here and there. It's, it, it's simply a masterpiece from the score, although it didn't win which was robbed xenoblade should have won best score um okay so (laughs) that's the thing about award shows where like i see something like that like best score and your options were god of war a plague tale elden ring xenoblade and metal hellsinger i was like can we give it to metal hellsinger because that was like conceptually it's a really cool concept for a game and we know they're not going to win jack shit other than this like this is the one i think it's the one award they were up for I, it would have been nice to give them that one. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, Elden Ring was just an absolute masterpiece work of art from the environments to design to just the vibe you got. Like I said this to you, it was hauntingly gorgeous. And I, think I, it, I think it benefited from time. I think, uh, I think sometimes people say recency bias helps, but I think having that game be so popular all year... Um, mm-hmm. And like the, the the sustenance of that game whereas i think god of war came out and was kind of it's, it's a little too short i think for a lot of people to really understand the full scope of it so i don't i think it actually suffered because of that and i think in some cases yeah like god of war did build upon whatever but like you said i think elden ring reached a new level of of that like fan base and kind of broke that whereas god of war might have been a little iterative um and I Almost think, like a glorified hype DLC. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a little more than that. I mean, Atreus is older, at least. <laughs> yeah, but it's similar. It's similar. Like, you could have framed that as, like, a, the story of Atreus and yeah. sold it like Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yeah. Where it's, it's, it is, like, not quite small enough to be DLC, but not quite big enough to be its own game. Well, the main in Ragnarok, the main story is not that long. It's the side quest that 
extend oh, yeah. the life of that game, right? hundred percent. And I like, I'm really enjoying it and I'm right near the end. But as I do, I put it down because I'm like, Oh, it's almost over. So I'm going to wait. Um, but I don't think it moves you like, like Elden Ring did, or I don't think it no. challenges you in the same way. Right? No, Elden Ring is it's you're glutton for punishment when you play those games. And like it was crafted the, crafted a lore by George Martin, right? So Exactly. That, that helped. A hundred percent. So what like I'm trying to think back on this and it's just like playing Elden Ring and games like that are so frustrating. But the level of accomplishment you feel when you get like the smallest victory for like a next part or just a little part of a stage is is unreal. And that was part of it. So I think I think for me that's it was very fitting that it won. Two other takeaways I have from the game awards. Um well maybe three. One, as I mentioned when we heard about the nominations and I said like Horizon doesn't have a chance in hell of winning game of the year. But and this is exactly what happened to them last time with the first Horizon where Zelda just ran the table with all the awards. I just feel bad for Gorilla Games because Horizon was really, really good, but it won zero awards because Elden Ring and God of War won everything. I just feel bad for those guys. I see the memes um, where it's like you have like two people beating down something and it was like God of War, Elden Ring, and Horizon like laying on the floor. But I never really played Horizon and I hear good things, but I look at it. I'm like, oh, I don't care. That's just me, I mean, I, 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 that's a valid criticism. Even like, I enjoy Horizon. I enjoy the shit out of it. It was my game of the year. I, I liked it better than like God of War. But I think the story is just there. Like, it's a little too ridiculous for me, and I never really got into it. But that being said, I still played through it, and I still got the platinum trophy, even though I thought the story was dumb. So maybe that's what's holding it back. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, one of the other takeaways I've already forgot. Oh yeah, the other takeaway was you you look down the list. Um, from Software, Sony Santa Monica. I mean, Gorilla Games, but like they weren't they didn't win anything. Let's look at the studios that actually won something. This is broken down by studio somewhere. Uh, of course it's not. But the point I'm getting to. Oh, there it is. Winner by publisher. Sony Interactive won seven seven awards. Bandai Namco won four. Nintendo won four. Anapura, which I guess was the developer of Stray, which is nonsense, but they got two, and Square Enix two. Xbox Game Studio, absolutely nothing. And they didn't Not show only anything. that, but like they, they didn't, didn't show even do any announcements. No, I'm sorry, I'm shocked they didn't show Starfield more. Shocked, because that's the game they're hinging on early next year. I wonder if they're trying to be. Hear me out very very quiet surrounding yeah don't make a lot of noise don't look like you're pushing the industry forward because you want to acquire activision and you want that to go through it's possible i mean that would probably make the most sense and why would you why would you show yourself as taking over announcements and all this stuff and and all the articles after xbox is taking over gaming and then the ftc is like excuse me Right, like I would, I would just sit on my hands. You don't, you don't need the game awards. You don't need the announcements. 
you're about to buy the the biggest studio in the world, right? And again, yeah, like, actually, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying that's a really good point. I never looked at it that way, but I wonder if that's what Phil Spencer had up his sleeve. Yeah, smart. Yeah, like he it's was just on a podcast too, Phil Spencer talking about this whole thing, and he was just he was like, Sony's whole thing is to grow by minimizing Microsoft right like they're not looking to grow and become bigger by nature of just either acquiring studios or expanding or whatever their whole idea of growth is minimizing the people behind them um and i don't know the whole fucking thing pisses me off because like you have sony who complains about exclusivity saying this is what they're gonna do and blah 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 and yet spider-man no, Horizon. but these guys, he's a fucking moron because all of the Sony people are morons because what they don't understand is that Call of Duty and a lot of the Activision properties are cash cows for repeat payments across multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Games like Starfield aren't. They They're make sense. Playthroughs. They make sense to be exclusive. These games are, that are games of service it makes no business sense for Microsoft to keep it off PlayStation. You want Warzone on PlayStation so people are buying the the packs. You want Gens, yeah. yeah, you want people having fucking what's the other one? Diablo. You want it on as many platforms as you want because people are going to buy all the items. Like, well, do you or do you want them to use your platform? No, you want to make you want to reach as many people as possible. Microsoft doesn't give a shit. Right, but the way Microsoft is moving, consoles aren't like important anymore. Like I have a new Samsung TV. I don't even use my Xbox anymore. Like it just has the right. Game Pass so app I mean. on my TV. So so think about the game as just a subvert of Game Pass. Like if Microsoft could have Game Pass on the PlayStation Store on a Switch, they would. Right? Well, they tried for Switch and Nintendo said no. But that's what I'm saying. So what's the difference on instead of and having Call of Duty on it's the same thing. You want your service on as many devices as possible. Well, and Call of Duty well, becomes yes, a and, service. And I think that's the... So this is why I think it's going to happen. I think for sure they're moving it exclusively to Game Pass. Yeah. It will no longer be available on PlayStation unless you PlayStation purchase. is willing to implement Game Pass into their service. Or sign a deal saying 10-year exclusivity will no, buy the I don't, rights for you like Nintendo did. I don't think that's the case. I think it'll go to Game Pass. But I think if you want the game, we'll go buy the fucking disc. Go pay $80. Ninety three, yes, ninety four now, or 93. sorry, ninety three, fifty nine. Right? Like it's, I don't. I think it just. I think it just makes Game Pass more attractive. Is what it does. Well, and the thing is too, and I, I, I think I said this to you, Jim. Where if for some reason the FTC does rule on the side of Sony and blocks this deal, it only hurts Sony in the future because now any acquisition they make is going to be through the lens of the precedent that this is going to set. Well, not just that, but do you think any the board members that approve this sale or whatever to my, you think they're going to be happy with Sony? Oh, absolutely not. Bobby Kotick's going to be like, "That's my forty billion you just stole from me. Go fuck yourself." <laughs> right? Like it? Like just let it go. Well, that's the thing is, and Microsoft has come out, and obviously, you can. All, this is strictly through media. Who knows what's said behind closed doors? But they're saying we're willing to play ball. We're willing to do the same thing we did with Nintendo. We're willing to do all this shit. If Sony doesn't want to come to the table, that's not up to us. So a good example is look at Minecraft. Yeah. Minecraft is it's everywhere. It's a much smaller game. Everywhere. 
that it can yeah. be. Yeah, like I mean, there is no business sense to keep that from to keep Call of Duty from Sony. Like you're right. Um Starfield, yes, does make sense. It's a single player adventure. It's Skyrim. There's no multiplayer aspect that we know of. There's no there's, there's no microtransaction. There's no nothing. Right, except outside of DLC, which again, we know. And to be honest, do, do you think do you think Microsoft wants Activision for Call of Duty? No, they want no, a they, fucking Candy Crush. Candy Crush. Yeah, King Games or whatever. Also, too, also too, I'm also convinced they also wanted to put WoW on console. Yeah. They well, I think Game Pass, get it on console, and then if you have a Microsoft Gold Premium Pass, you get your WoW monthly subscription as part of it. And then you're that, getting all of the WoW heads. That'd be interesting. But sorry, I think it's not just that, but I, I think we, we nailed on it when we were talking about the Game Awards where Microsoft ain't there. Like, they weren't nominated for anything. I mean, they had, they had two nominations. I don't even know what it was. But by acquiring Activision, by acquiring Bethesda, they now have all these studios that can start doing these things for them. Because presumably next year, Starfield, <laughs> fingers crossed, should be up for an award. At least... I mean, they're probably expecting a Game of the Year nomination. Fallout 5 is uh, right behind it. Elder Scrolls is right behind it. Right. That See, that's the thing. is People are excited for Starfield, yes, because it's fucking... It's a new IP by Bethesda. Everyone's going to look it up. But man, that I think Elder Scrolls is the one people really are waiting for. Or the next Fallout, which is going to be behind Elder Scrolls. So, but... Again, everyone... At this point, though, everyone knows they're just waiting for Grand Theft Auto to come out. So. I was just going to say that. Like, as, as soon as we get that next Fallout, you know we're going to get Grand Theft Auto 6, and that's going to blow everything out of the water. So, yeah. well, I can honestly say that there is, like, you look around, look at the release schedule of games. Anytime a Grand Theft Auto is announced for a release date, games don't come out near it. They everyone receive. scatters. Yep. Yeah. Dude, at uh, this rate, you might as well just take the decade off. Like, that's. With the way the this one's it sold through three fucking generations. I, I know we've talked about this before, but three fucking generations of consoles. That's wild. You have all three? Did you buy it three times? I definitely have it on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. I have right, it so on. I have it on 360 and then I bought it digitally and it carried over. And I purchased it on PC for free during the Epic game deals. So I've yeah, purchased it multiple times. I've got it like a, yeah, there's I have on my shelf there is a PS3 version, a PS4 version, and I definitely have an Xbox One version, which then transferred over to my Xbox Series X version. Yeah, we've played together. Yes. So I have three versions of the game. Well, four versions of the game and three that I actually purchased. So Unreal. Grand Theft Auto, man. It's well, it, it, it's it's transcended modern you know, like consumption standards like it goes above gaming it's cultural reference now by the way we're over time so we might as well hit the pwi i was gonna say so because we're over time there's one other thing i mean there's probably two other things to talk about from video game awards but one thing quickly that i thought was really cool when they brought out pedro pascal and bella ramsey and then troy baker and ashley johnson that was really cool 
that's probably something you'll never see anywhere other than the game awards. And that's the cool thing about the video game awards is that they do stuff like that. It's just different and weird and well, stuff even you never thought you'd see. What's his name come out with the lightsaber to talk about Jedi um, Survivor, which was cool. Right. I don't remember the actor's name, but he plays Cal Kestis in the Star yeah. Wars game. I'm stoked yeah. for Cameron that game. Monaghan. Cameron Monaghan. Cameron Monaghan. Who's a Star Wars nerd, apparently. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm tilted that we got the KOTOR remake trailer at last year's Game Awards, and now it's like... In, well, it's switching studios. I, it better be switching studios. I better still get this fucking game. It's in my top three favorite games of all time. But we also got another appearance by a close personal friend, Hideo Kojima. Um, yes. Genius. <laughs> yes, Jeff Keighley and his close personal friend, Hideo Kojima, who I swear, if it was socially acceptable, would totally give him a reach around on stage. <laughs> yes he would just stand behind him jerking him i am a massive metal gear solid fan massive but death stranding was boring simulator. yeah it, and am i interested in death stranding too no absolutely not i wish kojima would do something else Honestly, anything else i'm you, no you want him to do another metal gear he, he well, can't. I mean, it it depends. He can't um, though. Metal, no. Metal Gear Five was such a mess, and but it belongs I think to another okay. studio, doesn't it? It belongs to Konami, so yeah. like you'd have to go back to Konami. Kojima doesn't own the IP of Metal Gear yeah. Solid, so he can't do another one. He and could just make another game and call it, you know, Metal Gear Liquid or some shit. And solid like, Metal, <laughs> right? And I'm sure yeah, uh, the Konami like, lawyers would love that. But Mighty Number no. Nine. I, I would like to see him do something else instead of like the sequel to a game I didn't give a shit about to begin with. I yeah. just, I I just don't get like I'm a bit like as much as I rip on Jeff Keighley and his fucking love of Kojima, I'm a fan of the dude. I think he does a lot of good positive things for the gaming industry. Um, but man, I is it just me or is Kojima just essentially running off of old tales now? Like people will buy the game because of the name, not whether the game's actually good or not. And yep. he gets reviewed better because of the name, not because of the game. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people in the video game space want so badly for video games to be accepted as like an art form that when Kojima goes ultra like fucked up, <laughs> what's the right word? The Tim Burton. I mean, that, that's a he's, fair way of saying. He's basically, to... he's basically the Tim Burton of video game. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, where he is very um, over the top with his artistic uh, vision. Yeah, but that's it. He's like, Tim Burton was the same way. Big Fish, yeah. Willy Wonka, all of Edward Scissorhands. Batman. Sweeney Todd. Like, it's all fucking. Yeah, there's all an aesthetic. It's like, and Michael Jeff Keighley is his Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. All right. Now, one last award I want to talk about is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Tag Team Rankings of 2022. Now, this came up because I saw the... I mean, I don't think I w- wouldn't even notice this came, this came out until actual tag teams were talking about it on Twitter, which is always funny. <laughs> like, they're actually upset about the fact of, like, where they get care? placed. Yeah. So the team that was upset was FTR who was number two on the list, and the Usos were number one. 
Number three were the Briscoes. Number four, Death Triangle. And from there, it doesn't matter. Honestly, the three down doesn't matter. Like the, the, that's the sad state of tag teams in wrestling is that there's three of them. There's the Usos, there's FTR, and there's the Briscoes. Mm, the acclaim. And then there's everybody else. Like there's the top three that are that matter. And there's a bunch of really good ones. Else. Because like if you look at the rest of the top, like there's the Fukua Double Crazy, who's number five. I don't even know who that is. Uh, there's RK Bro, Good Brothers, the Young Bucks, the Hex somehow is uh, in the top ten, but okay, sure. Uh, violence is forever. Like we're you're talking about teams that the like the 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 casual wrestling fan has no fucking clue who these people are, right? Unless we're talking like. It takes to number 13 to get the Street Profits. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying like that they shouldn't be there. I'm just saying the way tag team wrestling has been presented in in this industry for a number of years, like they're not seen as top draws anymore. So the tag teams that are positioned as a top draw, there's one of them. And the we Usos. the ones, James. Yeah. The Usos. We the ones. It's the Usos. And to have any any sliver of doubt that the Usos are not the number one tag team, you're delusional. And I get that. I don't remember if it was Cash or Dax. I think it was Dax who was upset about it. Do I think FTR is a better tag team? Probably. Are they better? Would I rather see an FTR match than an Usos match? Probably. Do I enjoy FTR more than the Usos? Yes. But do they, but, get, do they get what this is about? It's about your mark on the industry in a 12-month period. It's not about yes. who's better. It's about who's achieved or contributed or been positioned as the best tag team, like in aggregate. And my thing is, if you think you're better, get booked, bro. And that is the issue that I'm trying to get to, where you can say FTR is the best tag team in the world. I would tend to agree with that. But in terms of the Pro Wrestling Illustrated top 100 tag teams, I would be like, if I could see an they argument where FTR is not in the top five. Yeah, I would say they because be they haven't, they were, they they haven't been on television. No. And the Briscoe brothers, the same situation. They're not on television at all. <laughs> but we like the Briscoes because they're really good. But if you're not on television regularly, I can see a great argument for Motor City Machine Guns to be higher than both those teams. Right. I can see the Gun Club. I can see the Acclaimed. The Acclaimed, I, actually, that's a very good point. Where the hell is the Acclaimed on this list? That's the, they're number 20. That's the biggest, <laughs> the biggest, like, insult in this entire list is the Acclaimed being number 20. And the Young Bucks being, like, anyways, it doesn't matter. The point is, it's all about how you're positioned and who is like actually seen as a main event team. And realistically, in this current landscape, there's one tag team that's seen as a main event because they're in main events. Like Survivor Series War Games, the Usos were in the main event. What was the last AEW pay-per-view? Oh yeah, FTR wasn't booked. <laughs> so it's but before we move off and go on to shoutouts, I have uh, one thing. So I want to circle back to the CM Punk thing. I'm now convinced it's a work. 
Do you want to hear why? Sure. Enlighten me. I think you're wrong, but go on. <laughs> After that match, CM Punk was injured, yes? Yes. Okay. He came back into these matches from being what? Retired? Or no, injured. You're with the injury prior. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, I think him being injured, they didn't want to say he was injured again. So, I think what they did, and it was, I think Tony Khan told us all in that press conference about how those kind of controversies and stuff create good television. So, instead of saying he's injured, he does this big shoot thing because it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, there was really no reason for it. Um, just some people talking to the media. Like, it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. So then he goes, they have a quote-unquote fight that still nobody's seen. Nobody, you know, very little reports come out of it, right? The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega go away. They come back. They start mocking him already. And uh-huh. I think that the I think it builds to a money match between Omega and Punk at at double or nothing when he's healthy again. And it's full on heel turn for Punk. And I think that's what it's gonna be. I have this just I have a sneaking suspicion that there's too much money to be made here and they knew about it and they, they figured it out right away. And they have everybody's buy in, like from Jericho to everybody. I think you're giving the elite way too much credit i, I don't think, think it's i don't think it's the elite i think that comes from punk he says i'm injured oh no Let me go away. so if if this is a real if what you're describing is a, a true thing that's happening yes that would be from cm punk but what i mean is the young bucks and omega it's almost like they're hell bent on just being juvenile idiots on television. Like they can't do anything seriously. Like everything has to be like a wink and a nod of like, haha, we're fucking around. No. Um, so I don't think so when they go to the ring and they make fun of CM Punk, I think they're just being juvenile idiots. Like I don't think they're actually he's still he's still in the video game. He's apparently still in the video game. He hasn't been released yet. I wonder if he's still in the video game because Punk is like, yo, I'll, I'll take that money. Maybe. I just, right, I like think why? there's there's too much leaning on the side that I think it's going to end up that way or at least they're, they've modified it into working for them as opposed to him just bailing. I just, I don't, I don't know. Like people are like, oh, Triple H, he can go back. Dude, I still think Punk doesn't want to go back there. I think he would. So here's... Let's the Austin, make match, the Austin match would bring him back. That's what I mean. I think there's a higher percentage chance for Punk to wrestle Steve Austin at WrestleMania than for him to wrestle Kenny Omega at any point in 2023. So maybe that's let's, maybe that's our bet. Burger what do you think happens? Do you think he, he wrestles? What's the better chance of him of happening? You know what? You're going to come up here. You're going to come up here and we're going to go to Golden Star because it's the best burgers ever. I <laughs> to see this man perk up. He knows. <laughs> and whoever wins treats the other man. Okay. All right. Sounds like a plan. You heard it here live on 43.6. James believes that you will see in 2023 Kenny Omega versus CM Punk. And I believe it is a more likely scenario <laughs> that you will see CM Punk versus Steve Austin at WrestleMania. 
Witness. Maddie's our witness, and you are all going to be witness to our favorite segment of the week. It's just so pointless to have his theme as the out of that that bumper, and I love it. it I honestly don't remember why. So we created. Well, I didn't create it. James created that uh, little shoutouts bumper thing years ago in a previous podcast, and I have absolutely no memory or recollection as to why you used (laughs) Maiden's music in that. This is funny. It is funny. It's a good song too. Like it, I actually I can't really see it there. I have a Maven there is, uh, he has a Maven figure, doesn't he? No, not a Maven figure, but it is uh, tough enough. Season one on DVD, signed by Maven. Where, oh, I, I mean, I wish it was signed by Maven, but no, that is the season Maven one. I bet if I pop in that DVD, I'll hear that song at the huh. beginning of take every a, episode. Take a bump. Take a bump. Your balls are showing. And that guy runs a company. Yeah. I'll go first. My shout out goes to someone we actually talked about on this program already. And we said some good things and some bad things. Some of the bad things were about uh, reach arounds. But um, I actually would like to shout out Jeff Keeley for being a good Canadian guy. And also for him creating this thing called the Game Awards that didn't exist prior to him doing it. I mean, there had been similar variations of it, but nothing quite on this the spike level. spike tv game where he just yeah he, he can he let it live he he completely changed the game and, and taking what it was to what it is now is is night and day of what those two properties are the fact that like halsey was there performing and they have that orchestra that does the score of all the games in game of the year which is a really cool idea i don't know if any other award show does that but the Oscars should look into doing that because that's a really fucking cool way of like showing the nominees for an award. Yeah, and plus really cool. you get to also see all the great games coming and reveals, and we got to see you know new Star Wars, and we got to see another little snippet of The Last of Us and the Mario movie that's coming. Like, there's all this great stuff that you get to see at the Game Awards. It's a great time. And thank you to Jeff Keighley for doing what he does and for being Which, a good Canadian boy. Can I just remind people, Mario's from fucking Brooklyn. Okay, stop bitching about his Italian accent. The guy's from fucking Brooklyn, all right? You can be from Brooklyn and not have an Italian accent. That's what I'm saying. Right. So people need to stop bitching about Chris Pratt and his, his lack of Italian accent for Mario. Because Mario wasn't from Sicily, you fucks. Anyway, go ahead, can we also just Can we also just enjoy that, that clip? Yeah, well, it might have been shoehorned so much of the Mario universe in it. It just made it seem so exciting. Like, I, my wife and me watched it, and I am so hyped for that movie. Not only that, I'm hyped for that movie because if it does really well, you know what that means? We could maybe get a Metroid movie. We could maybe get Zelda movie finally. Fuck, I would watch it. Kirby, Pikmin. And then, you know what it would lead to. Smash Brothers. Super Smash Brothers movie? It would be like Civil War, but it's Smash Brothers. <laughs> that would be kind of clever. Just Mortal I Kombat, be but a Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a Smash Bros. reference in the Mario movie in oh, some yeah. way, shape, or form. 
But no, I I'm excited that, for I it. I think that's the Donkey Kong thing. I think that's kind of supposed to be a Smash no, that's Brothers. The, no, it's the original Donkey Kong game. Because huh. like, it's the same like Benchway and everything like that. And the princess is up on the thing. like, And Cranky Kong's up there. Like That was sick. But no, go ahead, Jim. Uh, my shout out is to Zion Williamson for doing a 360 dunk while being up 20 something points or whatever, 15 points against the Phoenix Suns. Who, listen, people are like, uh, sportsmanship. I, under normal circumstances, I would agree. But listen, the Suns put out the Pelicans. The Suns did this to the Pelicans. Poor Zion had to watch his team, like he said, lose and get beat by the, by the Suns in a, in a very tight series and listen that man's been out for like two years and people shit talking him all right like that was as much a statement for himself i think as it was for his team so like shout out to zion because people called him fat couldn't make it he was done you know and the guys kept pretty good spirits he jokes every game now about his defense saying like how would you rate my defense <laughs> well, and he's just he, he seems like such a nice rudo shoe yeah he seems like such a nice soft dude which you know what good for him 360 dunk on him son yeah like zion's cool because like, obviously dude's an anime fan but apparently like the, people have said 90 percent of the nba are just massive anime fans yeah i can believe so, that like and his naruto shoes while not necessarily my cup of tea in terms of aesthetic i mean cool that he did a collab with naruto also too um minor shout out for me to jim for availing me of the news that the live action my hero academia movie is going to be on netflix so i'm extremely hyped for that dustin i don't understand or i don't think you understand what this show means to me like it is one of those things i play clips and music from the shows and the movies when i work out because it's the most inspiring fucking thing on the planet it makes me feel like i could run through a wall and I know Jim's watching. He's not caught up to where I am, but man, the toll that the show takes on me emotionally sometimes is just highs and lows. It's just, it's all over the place. So I'm here for it. So minor shout out to Jim for giving me that info today. Um, but no, my big shout out is Tage Thompson, man. Five goals. Big. Four of them in the first period. And again, back to the sportsmanship thing. He essentially didn't play for the rest of the game because mm -hmm. they were like, we don't want to run up the score. We want to do this. Here's my thing. If your team is up like six nothing going into the third and you get a power play or something like that, yeah, throw out the third and fourth liners. I don't fucking care. When you're chasing history, sportsmanship doesn't exist. If you're chasing a record, sportsmanship doesn't exist. This guy could have had the record at seven goals, but they were like, oh, no sportsmanship. And this is why hockey gets shit on so much because it's not exciting and it's too closed off sometimes. Like guys aren't allowed to emote too much. Guys aren't allowed to, you know, show style or personality. Like you think like the old school hockey people might be like, oh, well, you know, Ovechkin, Gretzky's record of the goal scoring, it's untouchable. It should remain that way. No, I want to see Ovechkin try and do it. Like it's exciting being part of the race. Being in that game, like how many people turned onto that game when they heard that Tage Thompson got four goals in the first and then another one two minutes into the second and he was chasing seven? And I don't know. I just think it's bullshit that people kind of get up in arms and about it. So shout out to Tage Thompson, man, for, you know, netting five Genos in that game because he probably could have had nine. Because <laughs> let's be honest, the team they were playing was 
not the best. So I don't know. I just that's my little rant slash shout out to Tage Thompson, and then also another shout out to Miyazaki because he's bringing back Armored Core. So give me Armored Core. And shout out to you for liking and subscribing and being a part of our little show here, forty three point six. We appreciate all of your support. We appreciate the support from Now Your Treasures as well, the sponsor for our lovely podcast. This being episode thirty four of 43.6. We will see you next week for episode 35 of 43.6.